Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Red Zone. I'm your host, Jason Miles. For all you new listeners that may be familiar with This is Revolution, this is our leftist sports show where we talk about sports from a left perspective. And by we, I mean my trusty co-host. You guys know him as the man with all the sports knowledge. We don't just talk about football and basketball and baseball. We talk about soccer here, football. We definitely talk about combat sports here. And we talk about deeper dives into sports, which I want to get into real quick. Please welcome my co-host, Mac. What up, dude? What is up, everybody? I hope you had an amazing holiday season, no matter the uh, flavor of holiday you uh, um, celebrated. Everybody, I forgot this is our first red zone of the year. Uh, Feliz Año Nuevo, as we say here in Rosarito. I'm so um, proud of you, Jason. Now right? we have to expand your Spanish knowledge outside <laughs> of that. You would have been real proud of me today. I went to go pay my Wi-Fi bill because so we could do the show. And there's usually a little pay kiosk that you can pay and don't talk to anybody and you take a credit card. That was broken and I had to go deal with the actual customer service representative and I did it all in Spanish. It would have been so oh, bad. Dude, I am. I am. Because I worried about you when you were like, when Marcus and I, you like laid it on, you're like, guys, I'm moving to Mexico. <laughs> and Marcus and I were both like, what the, what? <laughs> Why? You know, you speak Spanish. Nah. Yeah, that's exactly. That's I think that Marcus was the one that was like, do you even speak Spanish? And that was the look on your face. No, 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 no. I'll figure it out. Got no choice. Um, I want to make some rules for 2024 Uh-oh. that I think we should all follow. OK, hear me out here. In 2024, can we never call someone a system quarterback without defining what that system is and how it functions. I like that one. I'm on board. I really hate this idea that people get devalued because you feel that because they play in the right system, that's the only reason they succeed. Um, and can we go ahead and point out the biggest one, probably the most successful one in the last five or 10 years, a guy named Patrick Mahomes the <laughs> third. System, he's a system guy. Yeah. Oh, he played in that Mike Leach air raid uh, offense. He's not going to be worth a shit in the NFL. And then the Chiefs fucking move up and take him. He's like, he ain't going to be worth nothing. And then, uh, I don't know, he set the record for most 300-yard games in his first, like, 40 Mm -hmm. games. You know, Mm -hmm. he's won a couple Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess he's all right. He's okay. Patrick, what system? Uh, And if you tell me the coach's name, and the system, you're telling me you don't understand the system they play in. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And you're just saying words from pundits that you've heard. And you don't understand the route concepts in that system. And you don't understand the fact that all quarterbacks play in a system. Yes, indeed. And here's here's a, a caveat, uh, what, what we can call it a subheading under mm-hmm. this rule, mm-hmm. is... Don't talk to me about systems because being stuck in a system is what got Pete Carroll fired 
mm. and is probably going to lead to Bill Belichick moving on to other other coaching areas. Mm. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. We think we know, right? Because you know, hey, look, look, dude, I play Madden. <laughs> I played on yeah. played on manager mode. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let let's let's also stop talking about football or any sport like we work for McKenzie. If I hear one more person, if I would have had White Claw come out of my, excuse me, Adult Seltzer, because unless you're paying me, you get no, you get no airtime here. Okay. That is if, I, if I would have had Seltzer come out of my nose, because he, that is exactly what people fucking do. Uh, you know, they they act like fucking Mayor Pete breaking down the roster of a team, and I'm like, dude, when did neoliberal rhetoric? Get into sports talk to the point where people don't understand sport. Uh, I will go ahead and say this when honestly, when right wingers were like, stop me when I play sports ball. <laughs> <laughs> See, when when you introduce something like that into an area, mm-hmm. there has to be something to balance it out, right? So you get conservative thought. Stop kneeling and play sports ball. <laughs> Stop kneeling and play and what, sports. What brings it in then is someone already pointed out Nate Silver. The Nate <laughs> Silverization Nate Silver. of sports. They're like, well, analytically, um, you know, he is just, uh, you know, he, he's they, a subpar quarterback. They count against the salary ca- uh, dude. I on my drives when I go when I'm going to see my my family up north in the Bay Area. Oh, I love uh, how you call it up north now. It's no longer home, man. Sad to say that I've home, nev- don't home be, is here in uh, in Rosarito. Don't be, man. Don't be sorry to say I've left the capitalist hellscape of the United States in my rearview mirror. I'm in the shadow of empire, brother. It's not like it's... it's. I know. I know. I know. You know, you know, you know what someone called this, told Ben Burgess when he moved down here. Someone goes, oh, you live in uh, Baja, huh? Uh, neoliberal. Uh, no, no, he said, he said, oh, you live in libertarian California. <laughs> Yeah, this liberty. But but look, Justin Fields, who is a very a very good talent and is playing some of his best football. Excuse at- me, he's he's the homosexual love of my life. Okay, that's Justin Fields. <laughs> Justin Fields, I think, is playing some great football. There was a time in sports where we said, and I'm not trying to opine for better days. I understand that's you know. There is a different learning curve with people that have played sports if you, since they were six. If you start opining for better days, you're only one step away from telling people to stop kneeling and protesting. <laughs> I'm going to need Justin Fields. I'm going to need you to cut your hair short like Warren Moon. He was a good Knock coach. it off. <laughs> There's more talk about his value to the Bears because he just re-signed him and he counts against the cap. <sighs> yeah. More than I hear people actually talk about his play. So if we can get rid of those two things, let's stop talking like we're analysts for McKinsey and we understand yep. the ins and outs of sports management. Let's also stop talking about athletes and sports through the lens of gambling. Gambling has changed so much. It has messed with fantasy football so hard. Well, I would say fantasy football kicked it off first. Sure. Right? Sure. Like, even I'll, before I'll, the yeah. gambling part. Sure. Like sure. When you got into like the Roto Baseball Leagues, which was yep. kind of like – we're dipping our toe into this let's be assholes to athletes thing. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. right? But then we got into fantasy football, right? And then it became something you could just do on an app on your phone. Mm. Granted, we had a great time in mm-hmm. the TIR league. Mm-hmm. I'm still Emma pissed. Got to give it up to Emma. Pissed. Emma won. Got to give it to Emma. Horseshit. Okay. <laughs> I played in two leagues this year, and one league was an 18-team league. I finished 17th. Goddamn. And in the other league that I've been playing in with my brothers. I finished third four out of the eight years we've had it. This year, I finished second. So in another eight years or so, I'll finally win it. <laughs> um, but no, like I, I think the fantasy football thing did. Mm-hmm. And then with the fantasy football, uh, it's also the expanse of social media, especially athletes who maybe you're not getting into their Facebook, but you know what they have? Twitter, or excuse me, as I like to call now, Elon Musk's hell site. <laughs> um, you know, People feel the need, yeah, feel the need to just reach out and tell, and it could be the athlete. I follow and and, and, and acquaintances with a woman who works for FanDuel now, but she was on like my really, really tiny sports podcast like four years ago. Mm-hmm. And she was a kind of a an internet, you know, name, mm-hmm. uh, but she came on my tiny little sports podcast, you know, like she was just like, sure. Yeah, I'll talk fucking football all day long. But, like, some dickhead is mad because, and she's based out of Cleveland, because she said some, honestly, on-the-spot negative shit about Deshaun Watson. And he made a burner account, and within 13 minutes, she had his name and fucking confronted him on his main page, and then he fucking deleted all that shit. She's like, don't be that guy, right? Like, we have people think that they can just reach out and talk shit and say nasty, horrible things to people. And without any repercussion. Mm -hmm. And I that's fucked up. Like, nothing pisses me off more when supposed sports fans are like, you know what? I hope you blow out your ACL tomorrow. Why would you say that? Why would you hope that for someone? That's so sad. Even when the opposing team is playing my team and I see someone get hurt. Maybe because I'm older now and like more sensitive. I'm just like, oh, that poor kid is. I hope he's okay. <laughs> I'm always like, I hope he's okay. Yeah, dude, the team, I, the team I detest more than anything else on the planet won the national title. Mm. And I still would not wish an injury like that on any of their players. No. I'll wish a hemorrhoid on you. I wish, I, I like, I'll wish, yeah. I hope you step on Legos. Yeah, yeah, I wish some like like the shit that makes you go ah, like Peter Griffin. Yeah, ah, I wish that kind of shit on you. Yeah, but uh, okay, let's talk about the national championship real quick. Mm-hmm. The swan song of the Pac-12. I mean, well, oh. the thing is, this is the sad thing. We have to call mm-hmm. it the swan song of the Pac-12 as we know it. Okay, fair enough. The Pac-12 as we know it. That's a that's a fair caveat. Yeah, with a team. That no one really had picked in the preseason to go all the way. I think everybody wanted the sexy pick USC and one of my favorite quarterbacks coming out this year, Caleb Williams, to to go to the national championship. But for me, it's one and one A with Caleb Williams and Michael Penix. Mac will tell you I have been singing the praises of Michael Penix since his days in Indiana. Yeah, dude, literally his I think we were bullshitting when he blew out his ACL the second time. Mm-hmm uh his it's so hard to like because he's in his sixth year of eligibility right now he was was. playing against the kid that died from ohio state yeah 
Um, but I think it was his redshirt sophomore year when he blew out his knee the first time. And Jason's just like, Penix can throw. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Like, Michael, are, are we watching the same dude? And I understand he played in Indiana, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. not what you would call a hotbed Mm-mm. of Mm-mm. football. Mm-mm. But, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now. The, the, the sad thing is, is Michael Penix played himself out of a lot of money during the national title. Mm-hmm. A lot of money. You know what I thought of when I saw him? And I don't know if you thought the same thing. Byron Leftwich in his bowl game that he played against, uh, who would later become his backup, David. Uh, Gerard. Gerard in yeah. Eastern Eastern uh, Carolina. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, is Penix, knew, like, Kalen DeBoer is an amazing coach. And I, I think he's done a great job. But we didn't see – I mean, we all got spoiled with 2022 Washington, yeah, right, where Penix is just – you know, everybody's seen Zach and Mary makes a porno, and they're, like, shooting the scene, and the guy just walks into the coffee shop, and he's like, hey, I just – I just watched Ben Roethlisberger chug it football. Like, that was Michael Penix last year. This year, it was not like that, mm-hmm. right? Outside of the first probably five games, they played in a lot of close games. A lot mm-hmm. of score games. Low, low scoring games. Yes. Defense won some games. Running game won a lot of games. Yes, and I'm going to tell you right now, the defense is good for Washington. But there's a reason in the first quarter, Michigan averaged 19 yards a carry. Right? Because Washington's defense is very like flex react they have the speed to do that mm-hmm. but when you're playing a team that's just gonna punch you right in the fucking teeth mm-hmm. those defenses don't do well mm-hmm. and i will case in point 2009 uh well the the 2010 year but 2010 rose bowl ohio state oregon mm-hmm. ohio state came out and just like karate chopped oregon right in the dick mm-hmm. from the very beginning and just kept doing it the entire game right and the thing is, it's like, I don't think Washington, you can prep, you can scheme, you can do all that, but they were not prepared for the amount of physicality, you know? And yeah, they kind of tightened up. You know, I, I think uh, Michigan, you know, ended up with like six yards of carry average uh, because, you know, they did. They, they made some good plays hitting behind the line of scrimmage, but by the fourth quarter, that Washington defense was worn down and Blake Corum. And that that uh, the the backup running back, who you know took two to the house on home run carries in the first quarter, they just couldn't do anything. And see, this is this is what pisses me off is Michael Penix played himself out of a lot of money, mm. and JJ McCarthy made himself a lot of money, and he's done nothing. Let someone take that risk because I think JJ McCarthy is going to be um, at best. You get Mac Jones. I'm going to tell you right now, J.J. McCarthy is going to end up a UFL quarterback. That's all I'm going to say. And if yeah. anybody if anybody doesn't know the UFL, that is the merged league of yeah. the USFL and the XFL. I Kicks don't off, think – Yeah, he did. March 30th. He didn't really impress me from what I saw. I, I, he's not an it, impressive quarterback. When he's given time, he can hit a deep throw. Okay? He's supposed to. Right? Yeah, exactly. But – Dude, okay, Joey Nichols, I'll tell you right now, JJ in college 
is not better than Mac Jones in college. No, I don't think so. No fucking way. Just stop that nonsense. That's why I said at best. Yeah. I think you get AJ McCarron. Right. Well, dude, I would, dude, I think AJ would. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. (laughs) He's no Drew Henson. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's no, there's a there's a blast from the past for yeah for the, the, old, for the old heads watching the show. The guy who split carries with Tom or Tom uh, uh, touches with Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I I just I Michigan quarterbacks, much like Ohio State quarterbacks, up until C.J. Stroud, to me leave a lot to be desired. Okay, and, first off, first okay. off, you stop right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, C.J. Stroud, absolutely amazing. Yes. Justin Fields. With a good offensive coordinator is going to be amazing. All right. Now, before that, sure, go ahead. Dwayne Haskins. We don't know. Went to a shit situation in Washington and and died way too early. Way too early. Right. But yes, before those. Yeah, that, that's, that's my beef about also, too, the way that we look at why I wanted to start off by saying, let's stop looking at athletes like we're analysts at McKinsey. We're trying to cut costs. Yeah. Because – the, the art of developing talent and fans understanding that when you get a young guy in, you have to develop them. What happened is we got spoiled by some some young, amazing talent, and we forget that there was a lot that was done around those guys so well, we could see those amazing years. Ben well, Roethlisberger. Not, not everybody is plug and play. No. Okay, not everybody is plug and play. And and we'll, we'll use Ben, right? Yeah. Ben was a recipient of an amazing run game his first few years. The way Brady was. Yes. People, people forget Tom Brady didn't throw for more than 2,500 yards until his fourth year in the league. Mm-hmm. He had Corey Dillon there. Oof. Okay? And this is when Corey Dillon was written off from Cincinnati. Bill Belichick picked him up on a whim, and he became the bruising runner he was his first three years in Cincy. Yep. Right? Now, when the game changed, right – when the game changed and it started opening up, Roethlisberger was surrounded by amazing receivers. And before he went off the reservation, Antonio Brown was an amazing receiver. Amazing. Okay, absolutely brilliant. Yes. Right? Yes. You know? And then you had um, the kid from Michigan State that shot himself in the leg that they ended up Oh, shooting. I can't think of his Plaxico name. Burris. Plaxico Burris, yeah. There we go. Sorry, guys. I'm showing my age a little bit. I apologize. Plaxico Burris. I haven't heard that name in a long time. Yeah, you know, but like see, uh, uh, the Steelers were able to um, really draft a lot of wideouts. You know, Mike Wallace was another good Ooh, one for a little bit, yeah. right? Like they, they put some people around Roethlisberger, but look what happened. Roethlisberger's last probably two or three years. When he didn't have a big target wideout to go to, like that offense fell off the fucking rails, man. Yep. You know, and and that led to to Ben just taking the hits because he stood in the pocket so long because there was nobody to throw the ball to, you know, and and so on and so forth, you know. But yeah, the fact of the matter is, right, is I I hate that Michael Penix played himself out of a lot of money against the just a tough defense yeah a tough defense and before anybody goes and says yo mac like um this is like a a a down year for a national champ no michigan won every they they beat every team they beat they beat uh alabama yeah they beat they beat every team put in front of them every team and that's all you have to do 
right? Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and talk shit about Michigan. I'm not. I'm going to cry a little bit after we get off stream <laughs> because I have to listen to Michigan fans until oh. fucking September. Oh. Right? But, you know, they, they, they did what they were supposed to do. You know, mm-hmm. so you can't really complain about that. But I will be pissed off that J.J. McCarthy may have played himself into, like, a second-round pick. Like, that guy's done nothing in his collegiate career that says he's a second-round pick. He's done nothing, right? So I, I, I like Michael Penix. I think the story is great. I think he's got a lot of things going against him because I don't know if you guys watched that national championship game. He's got this throwing motion that's more like flicking the ball. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to read. And that's why he was picked off a lot. And, and it is a lot for a national title game. He was picked off. He made any... He also made a lot of bad throws on bad reads. There was a reason he threw 52 fucking passes and only had like 260 yards. You know what I mean? You know, so like he made a lot of bad reads against that defense. He's going to need a lot of coaching going into the NFL. And the thing is that could count against him because he's going to be like an older guy going into the NFL. I don't know. Not not Brandon Whedon old. You know what I mean? Not Chris Wanky old. They but, are though, because Winky was twenty-seven coming out, I think. Twenty-eight, and Whedon, was, I, I know Whedon and was the Whedon and Winky were both twenty-eight coming out. Whedon was twenty-nine when he came out. <clears throat> I know he, they were. I mean, Henson was a little older by the time he finally went to the league. I know. There's well, it's guys because Henson little, was like, you know what? I don't need to play football. I'm gonna go be a third baseman for the Yankees. Yeah, and then when he gets it, it he, they put him into Columbus when the Clippers were their fucking uh, uh, AAA affiliate. Mm-hmm. Dude could not hit off speed pitching. He looked like Pedro Serrano from Major League flailing away at anything that was a breaking pitch. I'm hella mad you said fuck you, Joe Boo. Yeah. You just said fuck you, Joe Boo. You do not mess with you Joe know, but Everything you're saying about Penix, you know who I remember hearing this about? A lot. Late on me, dude. Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck has a has a throwing motion. He brings the ball down too low. I remember that. Yep. It, it's I just remember that. the thing is, is when you, I'm, I'm equated to this. Like we when when we were talking about the Ball brothers and their shot. Mm-hmm. Penix needs a good quarterback coach to maybe help him change his delivery, so he can. One, make his read maybe a little quicker and get the ball there quicker. Because that flick on a, on a deep pass, it's beautiful. Like we saw it with a Dunze in the fourth quarter when they, were, they weren't out of it quite yet, you know? Yeah. That's beautiful. But a flick on a fucking like a slant or like an eight-yard tight end route, that, that's not what you need to do. You got to get the ball in there with some, you know – with some oomph. And I'm not saying Penix doesn't have the talent for that, right? He does. He's a very talented kid. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, he's going to have to change some things to keep up with the speed of the NFL. Because even though there are some bad teams in the NFL, like, dude, I'm a Pats fan. We won four games this year. That's a bad team. You know what? The Pats are still really fast, too. You know? You know who else is really fast? The Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> I, I, you know who else we heard this about? Josh Allen. Mm. 
I've already told my Josh Allen story. Yeah, and, and, and if I, anybody hasn't heard it, his first you two will years. Get the, you will get that Michael Penix is going to go to IMG or whatever academy that cats are going to to get ready. All hitches in the giddy up. Homie, will get fixed. do you know where these quarterbacks are going now? Where are they going? Jordan fucking Oh, Palmer? Rogers. Or Palmer, yes. They're all going to Jordan Palmer's Palmer's brother. Yeah, he's become the quarterback coach of the Stars after, like, I think he transferred, what, twice? Ended up at at Vandy for his last hurrah. Is that where he ended up finishing his career? Yeah, Vandy. He played a – he was in the NFL backing people up all over the place yeah I don't even know if ever gotten a game but one i know he's smart because he was academically eligible to play in vandy yeah. right like you can't be an idiot and go to vanderbilt that's just no right you can't fucking do it um but people are going to jordan palmer now and mm-hmm. palmer like straightens out the mechanics like i'm like i love the fact that jordan palmer was like you know what i couldn't cut it you know i tried to give it a shot but he's such a smart and, and, and he connects well with the students mm-hmm. where he can do that for people to help them out. Like, I think that's pretty rad. Uh, before we move on to the NFL is, you know, all hats off to Michigan for winning. They did beat everybody. They beat Alabama. Is uh, Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Does he? Well, Chicago did not fire the coach. They did fire the offensive coordinator. And the quarterback's coach. Thank Would you. Harbaugh come in and be a very highly paid offensive coordinator to not take any pressure? Absolutely not. Not after what he did in San Francisco. There's no way he would he would step down to be a coordinator. Honestly, I can see him in L.A. with the Chargers, right? Um, Herbert. Yeah. Or, dude, if I'm Seattle, I push Pete Carroll out into an advisor role. You have the fucking Microsoft money. Go after Harbaugh. Yo, Riv, I am with you. Nothing threw me off more after I cried a little bit because Michigan won. But when Jim Harbaugh post-national championship is like, college players should absolutely unionize. I'm like, what the fuck? How is he? How is he? How am I empathizing with Jim Harbaugh right now? Fuck this dude. But he's absolutely right. They should. But um. I think Jim Harbaugh stays in college. I don't think he's going to the NFL. That's I don't think so, man, because you know what's still hanging over him? Losing Three NCAA investigations. For sign stealing? No, is it's it? not even just sign stealing. What it's else the other one? Impermissible benefit, uh, like yeah. contact with players. Mm-hmm. Like, granted, the NCAA, I don't know if you guys know, the NCAA president changed. Um, he's at, like an old Air Force general. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also a dude who I think is kind of rad. Because he wrote a whole proposal saying that we have to have a whole new subdivision with the top teams, the top, like, I think he said 50 teams. They had their own subdivision and the universities pay the players, all the players, not the fo- just football, not just men's basketball, all the athletes. Right. So I think that's where we're getting to. This is the point we're getting to already. Mm-hmm. So, if the NCAA president is saying that, that's kind of rad, right? Um, 
but I just don't think that like at this point, Jim Harbaugh won a national championship for his alma mater. He's always had the itch to go back to the NFL. I mean, dude, last year he interviewed with the with the fucking Broncos. Remember, before That's what they were hoping for before they went after Peyton, right? But I think what really pushes it over is the fact that Michigan has like a like a stupid long extension that they've been sitting on uh, since the NCAA in, uh, announced all the investigations, mm-hmm. and they haven't put it in front of them yet. So the thing is, it's like when we talk about a school getting tired of the coach the buyouts are always high look at jimbo fisher texas a&m paid him 77 million dollars to go away Mm -hmm. right when it comes to the coach just leaving the college you know a team to go to another college team or to the nfl the buyouts are very low Mm -hmm. because these agents are fucking brilliant at their fucking job like it's what it is so like I think his buyout, like he would have to pay Michigan, I think six million dollars, to to leave and go take another job. I just don't think he's gonna leave. Remember, uh, well, he's, you a, know he's a Wolverine. He can he can do something that hasn't happened since uh, Bo Schembechler and build a legacy. He's already got it. I mean, the thing is, no. he, he built it up from the the Rich Rodriguez, yeah, you know, train wreck. You know, and the thing is, it's it, he doesn't need. I mean, the dude won at the University of San Diego. He did. And right? when his quarterback is still in the league, Josh Johnson. Yeah. It, he's, I'm Oakland. Yeah, I think he's, what, 106, 107 years old right now. <laughs> that kid is only like 32 or something. So he, is, he is not 32 because like Harbaugh coached at USD in. I mean, you got to think in the early 2000s. Look it up. I don't know how old Josh Johnson. I don't think he's that old. He can't be that old. All right, we're gonna look it up. You know what's really funny if you think about the quarterbacks that Josh Johnson backed up that were number one draft picks that aren't in the league anymore. Okay, first off, Joshua Javon Johnson Mm -hmm. is only five years younger than me. Joey Nichols says that man is like 38. <laughs> Johnson has been a member of 14 different NFL teams. Oof. And he also played in the UFL version one. Oof. And the XFL version two. He was selected in the 2008 NFL draft. He was selected. Yes, in the oh. fifth round by the Buccaneers. By the Bucks. If you remember, the Bucks were winning with Johnson. And they drafted Freeman. I can't remember Freeman's first name. Was it Mark? Josh Freeman. It was Josh, Josh Freeman. Freeman. Yeah, from Kansas State. Josh, Josh Freeman because Josh Freeman was a physical specimen coming out of Kansas State at like six six or something like that. Yeah, but the guy never completed more than fifty eight percent of his passes. So I'm he, just sitting there like, was, nobody has time to deal with potential like you could years prior. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The, the development of the quarterback position is a thing of the past and back to what we were talking about with Roethlisberger, the success Roethlisberger was able to have the success people like Tom Brady were able to have. And then when you start thinking about that next wave of super quarterbacks that comes out in the 2010s, uh, Andrew Luck and RG three just uh, come into the league, like the Kool-Aid man well, it all, comes in. Like it, it also goes back to what we talked about before with the specialization of high school athletes. Yes. This is what they do. 
So you're going to get more robust play at the collegiate level, and they will be more prepared in the in the professional level, especially now that most pro coaches finally are like, you know what, these kids are playing a more spread offense. It's more wide out. I guess we'll implement some of these things, you know, that type of thing. Um, you know, but I mean, the thing is, like we were just saying, not everybody is plug and play. Yep. You know, uh, Joey, you're absolutely right. Jordan Love, rough first half of the season. Look at him on the back end, though. <laughs> Jordan Love looked amazing. The Packers are in the playoffs again. Yeah. And, uh, and on top of that, right, people forget Jordan Love played at Utah State. Yep. And he is literally the winningest quarterback in Utah State history. Sure. Because, you know, this was a downtrodden program, um, you know, and he like I think they had like two 10 win years when he was there, mm-hmm. you know, like and let's face it, Utah State, when you, when you look at the state of Utah in college football, they they have a rivalry between yes. Utah, BYU, Utah State. Right. Mm-hmm. But let's face it, Utah State plays the Mountain West, gives a fuck, mm-hmm. you know. It was always uh, BYU, Utah, BYU, Utah. Yep. You know, and they actually have a trophy that mm-hmm. they, um, you I forget know, what it's called. Yeah. It's probably something very Mormon. It's like the white sheet. <laughs> you know? The salamander. Play yeah. for the salamander. Sorry if we have any Mormons listening, uh, if I hurt your feelings. If we do, shout out to Mormons. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah, Jesus was on the West Coast. Yeah, here we go. Here we go, Jason. I, I recently learned what soaking was, and I'm like, oh, my God, Mormons are weird. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, you literally have penetration, but no movement. And then they will sometimes enlist somebody to jump on the bed to move it for you, but you're not moving it, so it's not a sin. You say weird, I say party. Because what it sounds like to me is that Mormons have crazy orgies. Well, it sounds very Elon Musk in that they're disrupting the sex industry. They're shaking it up. We're sex disruptors. Yes. You know. We're democratizing intercourse. It's not just for him, her, or him, 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 her. It's for, for every, him, him, them. It's, it's for them. everybody. It's for theming. Oh my god! I think you might have just termed something new. <laughs> theming. It's, that's that's non-binary rimming. That's right. <laughs> um, but before we go on to pro ball, <laughs> we have to address the elephant in the room. Nick Saban retired. He called it quits. What? what? Yeah, I don't have a button for that. Get your hand off my penis! That's all I have. Well, I mean, <laughs> something tells me Nick Saban is a bit of a homophobe. Anyone? He would say like that. <laughs> but, like, the dude won mm. seven national titles. You know, six and 12 years with Bama, one with LSU. Um, I mean, Isaac, I don't think he comes back, man. He's, got, he's not a young man. He's 72 years old. 
Yeah. That is not young for the college game now. And I'm going to go ahead and say this. We all know the college coach that bitched the most about NIL was Dabo Swinney. Mm-hmm. Just hates it. Just, you know, back in my day. And it's like, Dabo, you're 50. Shut the fuck up, right? I think Saban didn't like where the game was going. I didn't think that he liked that before NIL, Nick Saban could look at a five-star recruit and say, you're sitting for two years. Yep. And you will not see the field. Yep. NIL hits, you recruit a five-star player, you're going to sit for two years. That kid's going to be like, nah, I'm out. I'll spend this season here. I'll hit the transfer portal. And I'll go someplace where I can start tomorrow. Yep. And I think you didn't hear Nick Saban, like, towards the end of this year, he was like, yeah, I, I get it. The game's changing, da 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 But, yeah, acknowledging that it changed doesn't mean that you want to be a part of the system that is changing. So I don't think he comes back, man. I don't. He's going to go down as the best college football coach <laughs> of all time. He's going to beat out Bear Bryant and everybody else. He'll be talked about like Bear Bryant. Oh, dude, yeah. And honestly, when you get down to it, when you, when you come down to wins, losses, and I'm sorry, Bear Bryant beat up on a lot of bad teams, mm-hmm. right? Nick Saban played in the you know, 21st century fucking SEC and won seven national titles in it. Jesus, Bro. did he? Is that totally seven national I mean, they stockpile talent in a way that I hadn't seen talent stockpiling in a long time. And I think that alone is going to have a lot of the old guard going, "Mm, this this game is different. And I think one of the things that you pointed out to me in a text conversation that we had about that, and I do want to say this before we move on, is uh, Malachi, he's a five-star quarterback. USC, freshman. Yeah. And the US the guy starting above him, um Mar- Miller, Marshall Miller, those two M's. I, I think it's yeah, it's Something I just look at him as MM, but that kid yeah. that kid got no snaps until bowl season and then balls out in that. Oh my god. Game. He looked phenomenal in that game. Uh, um that that being said, so this freshman, freshman, even though five, he's the five star star, I think he was the number one dual threat quarterback coming out that year. And number one and number two, something like that, yeah. So him staying at SC for a couple years as they just keep stockpiling receiver talent again, why would you leave? He decides to go to Boise State. Wow. Boise State. Wow. He didn't go to Penn State. He didn't want to go to Oregon. He didn't want to go to UW. He goes, I'm going to Boise State. And I, I think he was a California kid, too. I think he's an L.A. kid. Yeah, okay. See, so I wasn't off the mark. I just I, – I was really surprised. And everybody – like, I, I texted Jason. I was like, hey, it's Malachi Nelson, right? Yes, Malachi Nelson. There you go. I was like, hey, this kid is transferring out. And Jason obviously was like, bro, did you see the guy in the bowl game? Did you watch it? And I was like, yeah. But, like, a five-star recruit mm-hmm. who spent all of one semester on campus. Mm-hmm. Opens up his recruitment and immediately on Twitter, they're like, Boise State is the number one school. And I'm like, Boise? No knock against Boise. They've been a, a pretty steady program. And this year they fired their head coach in the in the sixth game and ended up winning, I think, eight or nine. 
and, and winning the Mountain West. They're a tough school since I've been eight years old. Yeah, you know. But, like, Boise, that is a school you decide to go to. You probably could have went anywhere, you know. I was really surprised. But you know what? I'm not going to knock the kid. If that's the best situation for him to one start and put up numbers, I'm, I'm here for it, man. Like, you guys know, I will never, ever, ever knock a kid from saying, you know what? This is not the school I need to be at. I think it's about time that the player, the uh, the player's ability to move matches the coach's ability to move. Right. Because you have sure. all these you have all these boomer fucking NCAA football fans. that are mm-hmm. like, you know what? When you sign a national letter of intent. That shows you're here for the school. No kids go there for the coach. And when the coach leaves, mm-hmm. they should be able to leave, too. That's why they went there. My my question is a is a bigger question, which is a lot of people have left major programs for smaller programs, and not all those people got the shine that they wanted to get. Yeah. Um, I remember Jerry Rice's son was one of the earlier people. He has another son, not the one that plays at USC. He had an older one that played at UCLA, actually, and uh, that kid wasn't yeah. getting a lot of snaps. Did, didn't he play? Didn't he play with Snoop's kid at UCLA? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Puffy's kid. Sorry, a oh, Puffy's, Puffy's kid. Thank kid. you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he transferred to a much smaller school. I think it was even division two. And I think he got a walk on in the league. Um, you got guys like Keaton Slovis that, that left SC. I think, where do you go? BYU. Yeah. Slovis went to BYU. Um, JT Daniels left, went went to Georgia. And then left Georgia to rice. No, Pittsburgh. And then then rice. Uh, Max Brown, who has a YouTube channel, who actually does do those kind of deep dives into um, uh, systems and telling you the the route combinations people are running and the differences in college sports. You know, one thing that Max Brown pointed out is all college sports is is a hodgepodge of everything. There's tempo, there's spread. Every quarterback in college right now is running plays under center. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's like, the spread hits, you know, the Mike Leach's spread. We'll call it Mike Leach's spread because you have to understand in the late 80s, you had – you wouldn't call it the spread. But it's the NFL equivalent of the run and gun. The run and shoot. You're talking yeah, about. the run and shoot. Thank you. Right? So you you played a lot of shotgun, but there was still a lot of running involved. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, Miami was a big proponent of it. That's why Jim Kelly had this the stupid amount of success he had. When he left the USFL, uh, Houston Gamblers, and finally went to Buffalo because Marv Levy ran the fucking run and shoot, you know? And and the thing is, is people, what they forget about the spread, like the read option spread that we have now, still a lot of running out of it. A ton. Mm-hmm. Dude, mm-hmm. the first college football playoff, Ohio State-Bama. Ohio State's on, you know, they're, they're playing Cardale Jones that year. You know, in that game. Yeah. But Zeke ran for like, what, 150 yards? Just fucking mm-hmm. breaking the backs, you know, uh, of Bama that year. Like, you spread the field out to get your playmakers space. That's why you do it, mm-hmm. right? And it, it doesn't have to be out of shotgun. It doesn't have to be with a five, you know, five wide out set. You could easily do it with three wide outs, a tight end, 
quarterback under center and a running back. You just you set the tone early on to where you're mm-hmm. you're looking at space. You're looking to make space. And 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 that's a thing is like you said, these quarterbacks are used to playing not just out of shotgun anymore. And that, that was always the knock on Patrick Mahomes, right? Played a, 80% of his snaps at Texas Tech were out of shotgun. That was the Mike Leach air raid. That's yeah. what they did, yeah. right? Um, but I think he's made a pretty good transition to the NFL. Kyler yeah. Murray. Kyler Murray played in in uh, in that similar system because yeah. he, he came up under Clingsbury. And I watched that game that they uh, beat uh, Philly. And he takes snaps under center at five foot ten inches. Yeah. So the the game the what I'm saying is that the the game is the college game has changed and these kids are pretty multifaceted in what they can do. I remember back in my day. I remember when guys oh, like David here Klinger, we go. Here we and Andre go. Ware came out. Oh, Houston, on the those, run and shoot. Those Houston teams, yeah. And and they had to teach him how to take seven and five step drops. And those guys got to the league and they couldn't they couldn't do the drop and then hit. The back foot hits, the ball has to be out to this guy. If you yep. remember, they used to throw tons of interceptions, those dudes. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, you got to think, Andre Ware only made it two years in the league. And a lot of that had to do, honestly, with Barry Sanders. Yes. Because he wasn't used to handing the ball off and would just miss the pocket the entire time. And keep in mind, Barry Sanders, for my opinion, is the best running back to ever put sneaker, you know, sleeves sure. on. Sure. That guy took handoffs from some of the worst quarterbacks in NFL history. Scott Mitchell. Yeah, you know, just just dog shit QBs, and he made something out of nothing, right? Like that was no tight end. The majority of his career, no tight end, no fullback. Yeah, you know, so like, if you are so fucked up, you can't put the ball in the pocket of Barry Sanders. There's something very deeply wrong with you, right? And then Klingler goes to Cincinnati. Remember, he was one of those he was one of those long runs of horrible Cincinnati QB picks. Yes. Remember, Achilles Smith, Smith was another one. Yeah. Um, you know, like another footwork guy. Oh, dude, yeah, absolutely. It's it's not like it, like you said, it's not like it used to be. You have these players that again they specialize in this. They go to camps all year round for this. Mm-hmm. They play seven on seven ball. You know, and and they they just they they are multifaceted. And I, I love that. I love that, you know, like the University of Buffalo can get a three star quarterback and completely change the entire tempo and entire outlook of their of their um, program. Good quarterbacks are not just five and four stars now. I mean, I don't even, I don't know if you saw, but the, the three star kid, uh, Mayava out of UNLV just transferred to Georgia. Really? Yeah. Just transferred to Georgia. Huh. Is you he know? kin to the rock? I don't know, actually, but I would not be surprised because apparently his He's from the Bay? Bro, his people fuck. The Rock's people fuck. There's so many. You know those twins, those wrestling twins are kin to the rock. Uso. Usos. Usos, yes, yeah, what's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all of, I didn't realize they were all related. No, no, here's this. Okay, the Rock's daughter is wrestling in NXT right now. I didn't know that. Okay, you have the Usos and Solo Sokoa, all brothers. Mm-hmm. Rowan Reigns, also mm-hmm. a cousin. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you have uh, uh, oh my gosh, I for 
Rikishi's got some kids in the in wrestling R- too. R- right? R- no, the Usos are Rikishi's kids. Rikishi's kids. Okay. And there's other kids he's got. Yeah, dude, there there's so many of them. There's a lot. There's more than you think. Oh yeah, people and people don't realize like how again, the Rock's family fucks. Right? Male, female, they're like we're going to make a baby, they're going to be wrestlers. Giants. Just they're going to be giants. <laughs> they might have figured the eugenic shit out over there Um, i mean dude jason black men samoan women women. i'm letting you know right now it's only going to get worse there's areas of la and oakland that are just hood samoans it's it's just going to get larger and see that's where triple h is going to show up one day he's like (laughs) Who wants to wrestle? <laughs> you guys want to not get CTE? <laughs> <laughs> you, may, you may have no hips and be bone on bone in every joint in your body, but your brain's gonna be fine. You won't get CTE. Yeah. No, no one wants to get oiled up by another man. Uh, hey man, who amongst us who is so homophobic, mm-hmm. they will not get oiled up by their buddy? <laughs> What? Do you remember that Always Sunny where they go oil up the bodybuilders? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Sorry, like, I remember that. Like, I get it. Always Sunny is like the whitest show this is on the- TV. <laughs> like, I get it. It's still on, isn't it? Yes, 18 years. 18 years. I, I've said it before. I think it speaks to a few things. A... A bit of a lack of creativity when it comes to television programming. Okay, I I will disagree with you there because <laughs> Rob McElhenney, mm-hmm. who we would also call and you know an English football club owner along with Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. um, is funny as shit. And what he does is he makes fun of everything. Nothing's off. The I think his weight gain <sighs> that he did on purpose. Brilliant. Get, yes, I have. I don't think they're bad people. No, but I'm like, just saying that when you have something that runs that long, but dude, that it's, long, the, it's, it's still good, animated. Jason. It's still good. I haven't seen it in years. Oh, dude, but, I, I dude, I watch it to this day, and it's just like nothing is sacred. There's no sacred cows there. No, there did when they did Lethal Weapon remake, you knew there was no sacred cows. <laughs> yeah, but you know, was, like which was still hilarious. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Greasing the beefcakes, <laughs> yeah, greasing the beefcakes. Gotta agree. But but it's interesting that you know we wouldn't have seen this years ago because people would have wanted something new. Yeah. And it is, it's a weird moment we're in, where I'd love to know the amount of time that the office takes up on the internet at certain hours of the evening. Yeah. I mean, dude, show that, that show has been off the air longer than it was on the air. I'm waiting for them. Awesome. I am waiting for them to do the remake of Beverly Hills cop. The, you know? the four is coming out by the way. Is There's that really like, four is coming out? <sighs> like they when shot they shot it before they shot it before, uh, one of the officers died in real life. I hate that they redid white men can't jump. I won't watch it. I haven't, and I refuse to. 
I won't because... watch the Karate Kid remake. I won't watch the Red Dawn remake. Oh, I've watched the Red Dawn remake. I'm not look. If it doesn't have Patrick Swayze, if there's not the scene of Avenge Me, can't watch it. Roadhouse, like that was that was. You, a... They remade Roadhouse. No, they're going to. Conor McGregor is going to be in it. Don't. I'm not going to watch it. No. Roadhouse. There's a few movies that I can put on every time and be entertained every time. And I'm going to say these movies and you're going to look at me and like, oh, what kind of do-? I don't care what you say because I have no guilty pleasures. If you don't like it, you can fuck yourself. I can watch Dirty Dancing. Oh, every time. Brilliant movie. I'm sorry. It, it's enjoyable. Like there's some problematic shit in it, but then you have nobody puts a baby in a corner and I'm like, fuck yes, dude. Right? Fuck yes. I can watch Dirty Dancing every time. I can watch Red Dawn every time. Yeah. I mean, if it's on I, regular TV, I can watch Red Dawn every time. I'm going to tell you right now, I love Red Dawn because it it speaks to the part of me that's like me and six of my bros. Do this. <laughs> right? <laughs> but the other part of me is like these anti-commie motherfuckers. Like, man. It's so a good it, way to explain to Americans guerrilla resistance in okay. the American empire. You yeah. Know, when you but, invert it and you go, I need you to understand, this is what America does literally everywhere. Yeah. And then on top of that, it's like, you realize that when all you fucking bubbas decide, like, you're going to overthrow the government. It's like, bruh, you know what they didn't have in 86? <laughs> Drones? That movie would have been real short. Oh, dude, 10 minutes long. 10 minutes long. Real short. Dude, I saw this. I saw, so this short. I saw this stand-up, and this guy's like, you want to know what I want most? The anti-government DOD face-off on Christmas. <laughs> Where, like, you got the guy out there with the microphone, and he's, like, interviewing Billy Bob, and he's like, hey, Billy Bob. And he's like, Billy Bob's, you know, like, 5'10", 300 pounds. His body armor doesn't fit right. His his rifle's, like, $4,000. And he's like, hey, Billy Bob, how you feeling this year in the, in the, in the uh, anti-government DOD showdown? Well, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I think we got a good shot. Uh, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're going to get him. There's a hundred of us. And he's like, all right, we're going to go to, to Jim over in Vegas. Hey guys, it's Jim. Uh, yeah, I'm here with airman third class Carol. <laughs> airman Carol. Uh, how are you feeling? He's like, well, I'm flying a drone. Um, wait, I'm right over top. Hold on. Click. <sighs> And that's it for this year's anti-government <laughs> DOD showdown. <laughs> Airman Carroll, how do you feel? Well, I mean, I I, I pushed a button. <laughs> you know, like, that. that's exactly how that shit would go now, you know? The, and this, the, very different move. That's why I did when they were like, we're remaking Red Dawn. Like, first of all, why? I, I, they made the bad guy North Korea to not piss off the Chinese government. Again, did, you didn't watch Karate, Karate Kid as a movie. Every fucking time it's on. Gremlins. Every time it's on. I, I will I will say this though. If we're talking like a remake of a movie we grew up with, mm-hmm. Prey, Prey, which is a Hulu movie, 
uh, featuring Predator was fucking phenomenal. Oh, I didn't I didn't see that. Dude, it takes place in like the 1700s and the protagonist is a Comanche woman. Mm -hmm. And she outsmarts and like when I say Predator, like what I love what the writer did, he made Mm -hmm. like the Predator more like feral. Like he didn't have the tech because this is, you know, 200 and some years years. before, you know, Schwarzenegger. Mm -hmm. But dude, it was such a rad movie. It was so good. And my daughter fucking, you know, she's a, my little feminist. Mm -hmm. And she's like, we watched the first predator and she's like, dad, that was stupid as shit. He coated himself with mud and beat this technologically advanced, like warrior dude. And I'm like, yeah, we Mm -hmm. watched prey. Mm Mm-hmm. And when she beat the predator, mm-hmm. my daughter literally jumps up and starts hooting and hollering. And I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> oh, someone kidding? hasn't seen the prey movies. They, we, they uh, Joey, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't know. Look, I don't know. New movies are a thing that I rarely watch unless it's unless JG Michael goes, "Oh, there's this new movie on some random fucking streaming site," or he sends me a fucking file. super fucking random weird film that just came out i might watch that i just i am these people that watch the same thing over and over i go i I recently went back and started watching uh the original canon ninja movies and i rewatched jason yeah i swear to god i love ninjas and guess what man it's not 1989 anymore you're allowed to watch Yeah, dude, I'm with Nick. Pray is up your alley, dude. You need to watch. I, you that. know, I I have a I have a date coming here in a few weeks. Maybe we watch that. It sounds like a very fun date night. It is. You know, and it's and it's not heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there's some moments of like suspense. You know, it's fucking it's and on top of that, they actually use the Comanche language. Which I thought was rad as fuck, you know. So now here's like, the thing, Mac. Is there a ninja with a mustache in it? Uh, Jason, the cast is actually native. <laughs> Do they any of them have mustaches? None of them really have facial hair. <laughs> if you are not a white man with a mustache in a purple ninja outfit, I don't know I, if I can. Or if you're not 70 year old Charles Bronson, oh my gosh, shooting uh, poor people with the world's oldest revolver. <laughs> if you're not Charles Bronson walking around the Bronx with a grenade launcher, oh my god, taking out criminal organizations with your AAP card in your back pocket, or oh, man. a 45 year old white man with a mustache wearing purple pajamas. Everybody, I'm going to send him some good movies that I know he'll enjoy. I, I, dude, I watched Enter the Ninja the other night, and I was like, I don't understand why any of this shit is happening in this film. All I know is I'm watching some good-ass martial arts, but every time Frank Nero is messing with these <laughs> nunchucks, I, someone said, I talked about this on the show the other night, someone said nunchucks <laughs> destroyed young kids testicles <laughs> <laughs> I 
fucking Because you watched Frank Nero with the nunchucks. You know his nutsack oh, was as bruised. <laughs> okay, can we can we before we get into like real sports shit again? Can we agree <laughs> that stunt men in the eighties had the worst job? Oh, can you imagine being a stunt man? They're like, all right, hey Jason, hey come on over. All right, so what? Oh, is it Michael? Michael, um, the Dude guy who did, yeah, Dudikoff. Yeah, Dudikoff is gonna like pull some nunchucks out, and he's just gonna slap you right in the nuts real quick. <laughs> and I, yeah, I know it's the '80s, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna make you a little cup. It's <laughs> mostly, <laughs> it's mostly good. You know, it's a, it's gonna be mostly styrofoam. It's gonna hurt a little bit, but hey, man, we are paying you less than scale to do. <laughs> and your face is covered. Yeah. You know, so you just take those shots to the nuts. And he's like, all right, man, what, two, two or three takes? And he's like, yeah, yeah. There's literally a tool they have in the. 28 takes later. The poor, <laughs> the poor stunt man's just like, I can't do it anymore. I think don't one shot out the beanbag. <laughs> dude, dude. They had, they, they have a, the ninjas have a tool in, in Enter the Ninja that they like when they do their ninjaing. Because you know ninjas are supposed to be able to walk and you can't hear it and I don't understand. Well, yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. It's even ninjing. though it's ninjing. even though real ninjas were literally the Japanese equivalent of wooden clogs when they were dressed up. These dudes have this thing that goes in between your legs and and it pops you in the nutsack. It was like a weapon. It was like a nutsack breaker. You got you. This is why I watch these films. I have a nutsack breaker in my house that I made. I fashioned my own nutsack breaker in case somebody breaks in. Well, slightly tethered hit the nail on the head. You know, Republicans are like, we have to get 14-year-old kids back to work. And it's because getting hit in the nuts like that is why birth rates are down. Stuntmen <laughs> used to populate America. And now they can't. They've taken so many shots to the nuts. That they can't bust enough loads with enough swimmers. Watch. Everyone watching right now, go watch Enter the Ninja. I I put a video montage. I was I was so excited. I did the show Saturday. Jason, I am terrified of your video <laughs> montages after the one you sent me what with the I two say? dickheads in the Jeep. <laughs> and they hit somebody and you see a dummy fly up. And they drive past, and the guy just pulls out a law. Okay, and keep in mind, a law is not like a an accurate weapon. And they shoot the thing out of the air. And you see this horrible rain of fake blood just flop down like it's water. If you've never seen – listen to me now, people. If you've never seen an Andy Sidaris film and you are a male of between 40 and 51, they're on Amazon. And I will tell you, as Mac leaves the screen for a minute, I will tell you which ones to see. Hard Ticket to Hawaii is the pinnacle of Andy Sidaris films. Andy Sidaris made his mark in TV and he took his TV money and probably a few 
kilos of cocaine and set up shop with his wife in Hawaii and made these beautiful Cinemax films. I call them Cinemax films. That's where I watched them. And they all have the same plot. Most of them have the same people in them. And it's a bad guy wants to do bad guy stuff for no good reason. There's always like an arms deal. There's one movie called Guns with Eric Estrada. Really good. Bad guys doing bad guy stuff. Yes, Joey uh, Nicholas, it's on Amazon Prime. I promise you. And uh, then there's these police officers that are like a little bit more than police officers, and they all live in Hawaii. And they're all really tan. And for some reason, they just all fuck each other. I don't know why. Sometimes one of them dies in a horrible assassination attempt, also for no reason. Then a remote control car will be used, or like a remote control plane will be used, kind of like a side mission on the old Grand Theft Auto. And that'll blow up a big thing. And then they'll have sex again. And then crazy shit will happen in between. Ninjas will show up for no reason, and they'll get shot. Pat and Marita will show up for no reason. They are so much fun to watch. And a while back, do they die from sex? No, they have sex on the beach. And then they usually die from a rocket. Someone always shoots a rocket from a helicopter. You have to see these. They never, they kind of have a plot, but it doesn't matter. It is it's it's like a twelve year old wrote it. Hey, twelve year old Jason, what do you want to see in a movie at midnight while your mom's working the night shift on your stolen cable? Uh explosions. Okay, we got explosions for you. What else do you want to see? Uh this between us? Of course, Jason. <laughs> it's a focus group. You know what a focus group is. No, then shut up. Uh, Can I see a boob? Sure, Jason. Sure. You want to see two? Can I really? Uh-huh. What else you want? Uh, ninjas. Gotcha, little buddy. And then Andy Sidaris movies were born. Now, let's face it. One of the best aspects of 80s and early 90s movies when we're talking about two boobs Leanne, <laughs> what was what was her name uh the blonde chick you know who i'm talking about like she was always in like the softcore two boobs uh gene simmons wife yes yeah that one that uh uh shannon shannon, shannon tweed yes shannon tweed that one when i tell you i ran into her at a festival years ago when i was working a festival all right, before everybody like is like, oh, you guys aren't talking about sports anymore. I think we went off the rails enough. This is one of the nights we needed Mr. <laughs> Spawn here. But we're off the rails, and that's where we're going to continue to go. We're, 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 we're going to get back on track, but we yeah. have to we have to let us let us finish this thread before we give you a bunch of sports. Yes. Um, Shannon Tweed was that woman that oh made me want to see boobs. In those Cinemax movies. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh, man. That woman. Okay, first off, I grew up around a lot of, like, flat women. 
Like, I don't know if you guys know, my last name's McGinnis. <laughs> three boobs. <laughs> a virtuoso, three boobs. I watched Total Recall for that. So many times. Okay. I watched Total Recall. So all right, all right. But like, I grew up around a lot of not chesty women, and my mom got Cinemax like the free like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And like, I had my mom worked like some two, sometimes three jobs, so I'd have to like take care of my brothers like that was my that was my thing i'm the oldest oldest kid i have to do it right and i didn't give a shit i love my brothers man to this day i do anything for him and um my brother got sick my my middle brother so he's like hacking coughing throwing up i'm up like cleaning this shit up i'm like 11 years old i put the cinemax on and there she is miss tweed in all her glory no shirt the largest areolas i've ever seen in my life (laughs) okay we gotta stop we're definitely about to get and it blew like everybody my head exploded i'm like what just oh that was it it was miss shannon tweed and I can't, I can't believe she married a degenerate like Gene fucking Dude, dude. Uh, I had no idea who she was because she's had so much face work, sadly. Uh, um, but someone recognized her daughter because remember they had that reality show with the kids. Yeah, yeah. And her, she was there with her kids. And someone was like, dude, that's Shannon Tweed. I was like, this. And so I walk, you know, like, go walk by. Because we're pieces of shit, right? We're just, like, go walk, go look. We're, uh, we're in a VIP off, section. So first right. off, you're not pieces of shit, my friend. What you are is a product <laughs> of a time where Miss Shannon Tweed showed the goodies to to hundreds of thousands of young men at the time. It's it look <laughs> one of the benefits of doing this show and kind of saying fuck the rules a little bit. And what we do, and people get mad at me, and and I want to say this on air on the main show. <laughs> people want something from you, right? They're like, we watch the show because you give us the thing, and I'm like, I don't know what that is. Well, you can we go on. Nick said, "Meets my friends." Yeah, it's a show hosted by leftists, but they talk about football <laughs> and boobs. <laughs> well, Nick. Um, oh shit! Hopefully, your friends are. Like football and boobs, I'm sold. <laughs> so it says the next level of heterosexuality. What's up? Tucson makes fun of me all the time. She goes, "You are so fucking straight. Like you're so, like sorry, dude. Like sorry. That, that's the thing. Like I, I don't like I love Tucson. Like I've only had like minimal interaction because like she doesn't mm-hmm. do our sports show a lot. No. But like the two times she did. Like, I remember her popping up in chat and like, what are you two doing? <laughs> you guys got to stop. Yeah, please. Yeah. We're talking about sports ball. And we're like, my favorite was, Jason, one time you pop up and go, we're going to get to it. You know? like, <laughs> like, I just want you guys to understand for a second here. The movies that I still consume as a 46 year old man um but andy sadaris movies mostly things by canon and these movies are highly offensive 
I will be writing something about these movies shortly and putting it up on Patreon. I'm going to start writing reviews for these films. And they're going to be honest reviews about the problematic nature oh, of the these 80s. films and how they still affect us to this day. That the being 80s, said, The 80s were such... 80, honestly, let's go 80s and early 90s, too. Oh, fuck, yeah. Right? You didn't get better in the 90s? No. And, like, everybody, like, uh, before we go on, less than zero, right? Less than Oof. zero. Oof. One of my favorite films. Oh, Love my, book, too. Yeah. One, of my, one of my favorite, too. Yeah. Horrible fucking film. When you That's talk hard. about, like, the social life. Oh, yeah. Awful. <laughs> like, Awful people. Yeah. You know, and then um, when you talk about... Uh, Who's the dickhead that wrote American Psych? Brett, Brett Easton Ellis. And then he had the um, the other film with James Vanderbeek. You know the one I'm uh, talking about? Art School Confidential? No, 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 no. Um, it wasn't. Hold on. It, it, it's technically the sequel. The well, movie you're talking about is technically the sequel to Less Than Zero. Yes. Um, give me a second. I'm going to tell you. Uh, hold on. I'm going to do this. Rules of Attraction. Thank that's you. it. That's it. That's it. Thank, Thank you. you. That movie, awful. We, <laughs> like there are scenes of date rape and, and just like awful shit. But the mm-hmm. first time I watched it, I'm like, holy fuck, I love this movie. Like because the cinematography was great, the way yeah. they interwove the stories, yeah. you know, and I'm just like, holy shit. And then now that I'm a bit older, I was like, one, how did anybody – Okay, I don't give a fuck what kind of producer you are. <laughs> How do you have enough money to go? You know what I want to do? <laughs> I want to adapt a Brett Easton Ellis novel before some studio heads like, dude, are you fucking high? Where everybody no. fucks. Everybody. Yes. If you read the book Less Than Zero, the main character that uh, Anthony or Andrew McCarthy plays is more bisexual. And it's a three-way relationship that he has with Jamie Gertz's character and Robert Downey Jr.'s character, um, and he has relationships with a bunch of other dudes in the in the story as well. And the drug dealer. Well, do in you that, what, go ahead. You wonder what the kicker is. James Vanderbeek's char- character in Rules mm-hmm. of Attraction mm-hmm. is the younger brother of Patrick Bateman. Pa- Patrick Bateman. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a universe that he he. Yeah, he he, yeah. he did this whole thing, and mm-hmm. the thing is, unless you have read the books and like really paid attention to dialogue in the movie. And mm-hmm. I, unfortunately guys, please everybody in chat, don't judge me. I went through a period of time where I read Brett Easton Ellis and Chuck Palahniuk. Okay. And I apologize for that. We've been talking about areolas for the last 20 minutes. So <laughs> I think you're fine. If yeah. if you if first let can we also say this for 2024 if you assume that you were supposed to be a perfect person your whole life you're a shitty person yeah I mean and let's face Motherfuck it I have grown change. up I have yeah. grown up yeah and I've gotten I've I've done the exact I've opposite seen real areolas. <laughs> that's right I've seen real ones <laughs> in actual areolas. My rules for areoles and boobs are bigger and small. I love them all. Okay. Like that's just where I'm at in my life. I told someone my rules and they just laughed. I'm going to type it to you on the thing because if I say it on the screen, that's fine. That's fine. I'll get a phone call from Tucson and she's going to say, Mission, mission abort. 
Yep. Yep. Okay. No, but hold, like, hold on. Okay. My, okay, favorite, make your point. my favorite thing, like, is is I've grown up, and I grew up in a very traditional, very conservative Irish Catholic family, and they're like, you're only going to get more conservative as you get older. And then when I got out of the army and I grew my beard out and I still had hair, my uncle goes, you look a lot like Karl Marx. And I go, that's what I'm going for. (laughs) (laughs) Jason. Okay, Jason, there's this, there's this Aussie guy I follow on TikTok. And he, he, he plays two sides where there's like this drunken rich guy and he makes up, he makes up the rules to sports. So like they're doing rugby and the, 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 I guess the underling, his name's Jason, right? So he's like, Hey, Jason, I'm going to make up a new sport. And what we're going to do is you're going to throw the ball in. I can't do Australian. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Everybody's Irish. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody's Irish. Right. And then you're gonna you're gonna lift this man up and he's gonna catch it. And Jason goes, and then what are they gonna do with it? Well, whatever they want, Jason. You know, and I can see, I can hear two salt in my head right now. Jason, <laughs> doing the same shit. You see why I can't read that on air? Yes, yes, yes. That's a true story. All right, and the face, the face you made, literally, literally, same face you made. Chat, if you put. $200 in the super chat. <laughs> Jason will put this out on the Patreon. He will type out exactly what he typed to me. But it has to be $200. <laughs> it's a rule that I have. Well, and, you know, I respect it, my friend. Keep it. Hey, is that not keeping it real, though? It is. It is. It is, but it goes along with my rule. Big or small, I love them all. It, it is. It is definitely, look. Yeah. They're in line. They're yeah. in line. I'm not going to lie, Nick. I haven't seen you in chat, like in all the re- uh, Beyond the Renzos we've done, but I'm glad you're here. Yeah. I am glad you're here, my friend. <laughs> I am glad you're here. Someone makes the sacrifice. <laughs> Well, I mean, Jason, we have to get before we get back. um, While you were gone Mm -hmm. and I was Mm co-hosting, I may or may have not gotten Mm -hmm. some people like, where's Jason's OnlyFans? Because he said he was going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) You have to live in Rosarito and you will see OnlyFans all the time because I live alone. So I walk around fucking naked all the time and open up my blinds because you can't see in well you can't see in now because people that live across the street <laughs> yeah okay I told you about that right that i thought that they couldn't oh, yeah. see me oh yeah and, uh, one day they were just like that fucking guy again <laughs> who, who does who does he think he is there's oh, that americano man. with with the baby's arm dangling down <laughs> No, they're more like, oh man, it must be cold in there. <laughs> you should get some insulation. Shrinkage is real. Shrinkage is real. God damn it. We have to talk about the head coach openings in the NFL right okay. now. <laughs> okay, you told me some. Okay, back to sports. Back to sports. Everybody. We had a, a, a brief 
30-minute digression. We did. we did. This is a long sports show, and instead of filling it with neoliberal talking points about cap space. Yeah, and where McKenzie, uh, yeah. uh, Justin Fields, uh, uh, if we cut him, if we trade him, we but, can get potentially a second-round pick back, and we don't have to pay him out. Uh, uh, you know, the extension that he gets. The Broncos it's, are hamstrung with Russell. Fuck that. So, the the coaching firing that I'm kind of shocked about is, um, I almost said Bill Parcells. <laughs> what Jason meant was Pete Carroll. <laughs> Bill Parcells in 19. 19- 90 that was not called uh pete carroll yeah and everybody i just want you to know like you you saw that pete carroll like if if you subscribe to like the sports like bleacher report cbs or whatever it came out and said that uh you know pete carroll was moving to an advisory role with the seahawks ownership group pushed him out they said we're going in another direction you don't want you know 10 and 7 9 and 8 seasons anymore um and honestly with that with the with the gm john schneider that they had they keep unearthing all these like guys that know like they they are amazing and he he gets in the late rounds so they pushed him into an advisory role um and carol fought tooth and nail to keep his job so when we're going down the list right now there are six head coaching openings in the nfl right now so that's one-sixth of the league now keep in mind that also includes the raiders and if anybody doesn't know the rules even though you have an interim that's wildly popular and did an amazing job uh antonio pierce went four and four in his eight games um they still have to do a whole recruiting search a whole hiring process i really think Pierce keeps that job. But can we talk about how kind of ridiculous the Rooney rule is? Like, I get why you have it in theory, but in practice, when you just say it out loud, you have literally a black head coach. Yeah. <clears throat> but you have to bring in new black guys or you're in violation. Can you imagine? Can I mean, you the thing say, is, I, I think totally if, cool. if I, if I'm Mark Davis, right, what I do is I let Antonio Pierce know, and this is all hypothetical, anybody, I can't make the, you know, like, I'm not going to get Mark Davis in trouble. Actually, I hope he gets in trouble with that fucking haircut he's got. <laughs> but anyway, right, I go to Antonio Pierce. I'm like, bro, I got you. Mm-hmm. Like, chill. And I bring in the whitest, most non-threatening offensive coordinator from, like, southwestern louisiana state university oh jesus does he come in with the clan hood too dude let him come in with the clan hood i met the intent <clears throat> i interviewed more than two people you know, or, you know more than one person because like, that's the thing you have to interview more than one so mm-hmm. i interviewed antonio pierce who is i don't know if you guys know he's a giant jacked black dude okay and i have you know clan from southwestern <laughs> Louisiana State University, right? That's White Monday. Somebody said that's White Monday. Yeah, White Monday. Yeah. Yo, Jason, DC Joe Black is on his game tonight. <laughs> Dude is on his game tonight, <laughs> right? But see, I interview this fucking clan motherfucker, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, this guy sucks, Roger Goodell, but I got Antonio Pierce right here, and this is who I'm going to hire. Mm-hmm. You met the You met the root of the Rooney Rule. 
right? That's but all, all you, have, you have to do is just you can have a parade of Negroes fucking bojangling their way into the office for a fucking goddamn interview and then go hire the white guy that you want. I but don't see, give a damn about bojangling Negroes in the interview. Dude, look, we, we really want to get Belichick in here, but we have to bring some Negroes in. And the thing is, I think that's what the Spanos family is doing in LA right now. <laughs> A fucking turbo and ozone showing up from breaking to electric boogaloo. I think I think they they've got a whole list of like black assistant coaches, and they're like, "Here's my list." And Goodell's like, "You know what, Mr. Spanos, thank you." And Spanos is on the phone with Robert Kraft right now, like, "Bro, how about a first and a second, and Bill comes over?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, like it's like, dude, dude. This is, here's a list of black. These are these are good black people. They're they're real. They're not even mixed. They are full black. <laughs> they have nappy hair and everything. <laughs> oh, looks like this one's got a 500 credit score. You, I hope you hire him. Oh my god! I mean, that's th- this is the kicker. Like, I think the 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 Rooney Rule is important, but we also have it, situations like we have with we had with Brian Flores, right? Mm-hmm. Who was the coach of the Dolphins? Who mm-hmm. was told to tank? Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And then Stephen Ross sued him mm-hmm. after he fired him. And now Brian Flores is a defensive coordinator of the Vikings right now. And last year he was a defensive coordinator of the Steelers. Flores is a fucking Patriots dude. Like he came up like breaking down game film, and then became a positional coach and was a defense coordinator for a little bit before he went to the Dolphins. Right? Flores is an amazing coach amazing coach the players every player that's ever played for him loves him right and now i love that antonio pierce is probably getting that vegas job honestly because mark davis is a fucking bitch right and his players like when max crosby is like smoking cigars in the locker room of a publicly owned facility where you're not allowed to smoke inside Mm -hmm. And Antonio Pierce is covering the fines, right? These players love Antonio Pierce. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. They're busting their ass for that guy. Dude, I watched them shellac the Broncos. Dude, yeah. And, dude, on top of that, like, Pierce knows what he's doing. He has surrounded himself with people. He's like, I'm a defensive guy. I was a linebacker. Not good with offense. Put some offensive guys in there to help him out. And and like you like we were talking about, the players fucking love him. They adore him. After what McDaniel's did was like try to make the Patriots way west, which it doesn't work anymore. It hasn't worked, dude. It didn't work. The Patriots way did not work the last few years when Brady was in New England. You know, like the Patriots way thing is done. You can't do that anymore. Why? Because the game is more specialized. The players are faster, bigger, stronger. You can't put Troy Brown, right, mm. your slot receiver, at cornerback anymore. You can't do that. It That doesn't fucking work, right? And people don't realize that the two jobs that are open, Vegas and, and Tennessee, Amy Adams Strunk, who owns the Titans, and Mark Davis, who owns the, the, the Vegas Raiders, their entire net wealth is tied up in the team. 
Those are the two poorest owners Very of the poor. NFL. Yeah. And I and I use poor in air quotes because that's why they like, can't get certain free agents because of rules about how much money you have to have on hand. Well, uh, well, it's not even that. Like I don't know if you saw Nashville publicly funded 1.6 billion dollars for their new stadium. Keep in mind, it was approved literally a couple days after Dave and I did our episode on TIR about wow. publicly funded stadiums. Jesus. It's like it's, no one listened. No, no shit. Oh, <laughs> oh, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Dave Walton and Mac, let's fuck them. You know? <laughs> They're going to bring jobs to the city. Yeah. You know, even though Dave and I talked about that the entire episode, I, it doesn't bring real jobs to the city. But the city of Nashville is on the hook for $1.6 billion that we know of. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the episode and we talked about, uh, you know, Miami Marlins Park, mm-hmm. it's not $1.6 billion because they take out loans to build these stadiums. Mm-hmm. And Miami Marlins Park will not be paid off until the late 2040s. And by that point, what does Miami need? A new stadium. So Amy Adams Strunk, who her fan, her dad, Bud Adams, bitched and moaned about the Astrodome in Houston and used that, you know, that shitty stadium to move to fucking Nashville, is now dangling in Nashville. If you don't build me a new stadium, we will leave. And Nashville. And go where? Well, that, that's the thing, dude. <clears throat> NFL is a guaranteed fucking, like, money churner. So they could go to, honestly, Portland has been dangling money in front of any owner that is not happy with their stadium uh, arrangement to get people to go out, to get a team to go to Portland. You know, like it's it's freaking Interesting. ridiculous, right? And And the shitty thing is, is people don't realize, like, like Dave and I talked about. You're going to be on the hook for this for decades. Like on that episode, dude, Montreal had the Winter Olympics in 76 and didn't pay off the debt for that until the early 2000s, dude. These stadiums are not cheap, right? But Amy Adams Strunk managed to finagle $1.6 billion in publicly funded money. For a brand new stadium for the Tennessee Titans. Isaac says, <clears throat> I want to put this comment on the screen. He says, uh, I work in Portland Public Services. Shout out to Isaac. Always shout out all the people that work in, in public services. Absolutely, Isaac. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thankless job. Um, and we can't fund, I think he means fund shit already. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Warriors left owing the city of Oakland millions of dollars do you think people are not going to the game because of that the news doesn't even talk about it well bro let's face it people in oakland can't afford to cross the bridge and go to the fucking new stadium uh, that new, new stadium is not for you yeah it's, it's not it's not for you sports it's becoming more and more <clears throat> for you the people watching this show right now most people watching this show we all joked about two hundred dollars everybody's like i can't find it you know what it's sports ain't for you yeah I mean, no dude, one wants to say that out loud, but it's it's so expensive to even get this. Did you see 
what the NFL is doing for one of these playoff games, this big gamble. Peacock. Peacock. How much can we squeeze out of you poor fucktards that can't go to the game and pay for parking and a beer and all the other shit and then take the kids? The fucking tickets. It's so expensive. It's not for you. Events are not for average people anymore. Why do you think this goes back to the whole, hey, this show has been on TV for a gajillion years. It's for other people. I don't know too many people that love Taylor Swift. My daughter. Total Swifty. Listens to to Social Distortion and then will follow it up with Taylor Taylor Swift. She sells out arenas. Who the fuck is there? Who the fuck is going? Shit's expensive. Going to going to do anything is extremely expensive. When we do a live show, we don't get paid based off what you guys pay for the ticket. Everybody, I'm sorry I'm coughing. I got I had laryngitis last week and the shit is still fucking punching me in the schwanz. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. The thing is, live <laughs> events are not for us. They're not. I mean, dude. Rage Against the Machines drummer just came out and said, we're not touring anymore. We're, we're done. I wanted to see him last summer, and mm-hmm. the cheapest ticket I found was 300 bucks. Rage Against Machine. In 1997, I saw them for 12 bucks. 12. That's, that's the thing about bands like that, that people get upset when I say certain things about the music industry and punk rock and how you know, you, you're not as revolutionary as you, as you really think you are. I'm upset about hip-hop. Yeah. Um, you're you can say if you're right you can be like we're not going to play anywhere where the tickets are this much money but you're rage against the machine on a reunion tour you can't fit at the roxy in la anymore you can't play the whiskey like <coughs> did. yeah the, those viper room shows where 40 people were showing up oh dude the agora in cleveland dude you you said you played there that you know what it's called yeah yeah you may be maybe packed in 80 to 100 if you didn't want yeah to that was yeah, that was a little spot. yeah 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 that's spot right yeah, love that spot yeah you know like it's absolutely ridiculous but like you're absolutely right events are not for us Mm-mm. anymore Mm-mm. stop thinking it's for you it isn't for you I all mean, these J- involved jason do you remember three years ago there were these fucking a group of three black dudes who've literally been going to the super bowl every year since super bowl one mm. until three years ago when it was so expensive, they couldn't go. And the NFL did like this little thing for them on NFL Network. Mm-hmm. Still didn't offer him a fucking ticket. Jesus. Still didn't offer him a ticket. You guys can crowdfund your way in. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just like, this is why everybody, I, this is my deepest wish. I want a Cleveland Detroit Super Bowl. Ooh, I was thinking the same thing. Small market. Russ Bell. Can, oh. you, can you imagine Roger Roger Goodell's face in the skybox? Just cringing when that game ends up 13 to 3. Have you ever seen oh. so this this show starts with a very good tune that I wrote and recorded myself. But this show starts with a montage of shit that I love and Rollerball, which is a movie I'm thinking about trying to do for movie night. Um, James Conn Rollerball. We don't before, mention Hello, Cool J Rollerball. Before you do James Conn Rollerball, 
Okay. You need to let me know what day you want to do it. So I can take the Saturday off and I can be there for it. We're going to do it on Friday. Uh, okay. Let me know the Friday you want to do it. <laughs> okay. Like, yes. I want to be here. Everybody, I'm trying to get more involved, but I'm surviving capitalism in the United States where I work two shit jobs. And tonight, I got off a little bit early and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you when, when I have to leave for these days that I told you about off air. Hey, guess what? I'll make it fucking happen. My friend. I, I'm going to give you a month in advance notice, but anyway, rollerball is about a society where corporations have fixed all the world's problems. <laughs> and, and, uh, there's no more war, there's no more disease, there's no more famine, but there's this violent sport that's a mix of like football and roller derby called rollerball, super violent. And James Kahn is, and, and I'm bringing this up because of your point about the Cleveland, Detroit, Rust Belt Super Bowl. James Kahn's character is kind of like, imagine like a Tom Brady type character where he's like the goat of this league. And the owners of the league, because they, they own everything. Yep. They're like, we want a new James Conn character to come in, and we think you're too old. And James Conn's like, I still got some good years left in me. So like, he's so James Conn is the Dennis Quaid of any given Sunday, and they're looking for the Jamie Fox. Yes, but this is what happens when you make the rules. They go, okay, we need you to take a dive this game. Remember. Your wife, we totally took your wife, mm-hmm. and uh, they like they literally took his wife. They're like, we like your wife, we think she's hot, and we're gonna fucking. This is what we do. We own everything. We take everything. Yeah. So so he's kind of like, you can't take this from me. Um, and they start changing the rules of the game to be more violent. Oh. And and as 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 violent as the game is getting, James Conn is still coming out on top as an old as an older player. So at the championship game, they're like, oh, you know what? We're gonna make this a death game. No time limit. <laughs> no rule. Like whatever we have to do to kill you. Jason, did this movie have ninjas though? <sighs> no. Sorry, slightly tethered. It did not have ninjas. It had a <laughs> it had James Conn on roller skates. That was so that's fucking right. But, but I will I will say this. Enter the ninja stars a James Conn lookalike that literally I don't want to talk about it, but it stars a James Conn lookalike. <laughs> but but Rollerball is a movie that um, friend of show guest on the show Michael Harris talks about in his latest book. Um, um, uh, Come with me if you want to live. You yeah, know how science fiction tells us about our present. So the idea that the NFL pulls certain strings is. Is is an interesting thing to talk, especially when in certain games, like yeah, the NFL would never want that to happen because of ratings and blah 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 blah. But they don't really have that much control. I just honestly, what I want, I, I think it'd be great if Cleveland and Detroit ended up in it because they've never played in a Super Bowl, and all Goodell wants is the big market teams in the league, you know, in the league to be mm-hmm. in yeah. that in that, you know, that spotlight. Because like somebody already pointed out in chat. You and I will never be able to afford to go to a Super Bowl, ever. It's not going to happen. You know, like fucking nosebleed seats at the Super Bowl are like four grand. Yeah. Like, bro, that is, unfortunately, and I hate to say this, that's like a fucking sixth of my pay right now (laughs) 
for the that's, year. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that's a lot of fucking cash, man. You know? I'm going to so, need the OnlyFans to get that shit. Uh, well, we're waiting, Jason. We need to shake the Bing Bang. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta take that shot on the chest and show the feet. I gotta do a lot of. There's gonna be a lot of tears involved if we get four grand. Yeah, everybody, we're you're just gonna hear both of us crying on camera, like, please don't do this. <laughs> and I'm like, but at least I got Mac those tickets to the fucking Cleveland Lions Super Bowl. We're going to the Super Bowl, Mac. We're going to the Super Bowl. I can't see that. Way <laughs> I can't get an infection from this, can I? <laughs> but like that—that's the shitty part, and it's—it's it's not even just the NFL anymore. Stanley Cup playoffs, stupid expensive. World Series tickets, stupid, stupid. expensive. Like they're all stupid expensive. Like they want us on the hook during the regular season, and when mm-hmm. playoffs hit, though, Oof. they're like, "Hey, all you guys." that have been buying the tickets and buying the beer and the jerseys and all the shit during the regular season with stupid high ticket prices. We don't need you here for the playoffs. This is where all the rich people come in and they're going to take care of us now. Right. And that is exactly why I want a Cleveland Detroit Super Bowl. And somebody said Baltimore, you're absolutely right. Baltimore is is a fucking blue collar city, but Baltimore, Baltimore is stupid good. <laughs> okay. Right? They're stupid good. And it, it's not a knock against the Ravens. I, I I would actually love to watch Lamar Jackson win a goddamn Super Bowl. Ooh, I love Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and I'm tired of all these fucking, you know, fucking Twitter and fucking Jim Romes and all these assholes talking shit about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, again, sorry guys. Lamar Jackson is a once in a lifetime talent, a once in a lifetime talent who was told, well, you're just going to be running quarterback. And he's changed his game quite a bit in the years he's in the league. And Baltimore finally put some receivers around him that can catch the fucking ball. Right. And he complements his game well with being able to get outside the pocket and run when he needs to. And he's still dropping dimes. Still dropping dimes. I love Lamar Jackson. I want him to win a Super Bowl. Just not this year, guys. I'm <laughs> Mac is to be the enforcer for Monday Night Football. He'll read us our game right uh, of being able to remain silent and get ready for some football. <laughs> You know what? I can't do any worse. Yes, thank you for the super chat, guys. But I can't do worse than Hank Williams Jr. and Carrie Underwood or whoever the fuck's playing the the goddamn song now. I don't fucking pay. Dude, there's so many songs. I try to get into the game like halfway. If So Thursday night I miss because of the show. Well, on top of that, most Thursday night games this year, you should be glad you missed. They were ass. I don't – like. I don't understand how the NFL is trying to like buddy up with Amazon and then just like, you know what? You know what's a good Thursday night game, my friend? Arizona, Chicago. Let's go. You know, like I have Prime. I'm not going to lie, guys. I, I I hate using Amazon, but sometimes when I want a book and I can get it in two days, 
yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go through Amazon. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have prime still free from being in college and I graduated in 2020. Amazon doesn't get a good, doesn't do a good job at checking that. No. So I still have my college email on it. And they're like, well, you get free Amazon now. And I'm like, bet free prime. Right. And some Thursdays I won't work and I'm here and I'm like, Arizona and fucking Jacksonville. Mm. Jesus Christ. You know what I'm going to do? Beat my dick until it screams at me. Go work out. Play some video games. Oh, it's the fourth quarter. I might catch that one. You know, like, it's just like, why are you putting these shit games on Thursday? Why? I don't get it. Are you beating it because you've hit that age where uh, you're yelling at it to get up? Fucking come on! (laughs) No one's home! This is I can have a... The good thing is, I'm the uh, stout white man that still still happens uh but i'm not gonna lie still have blue tube just in case still have you know <laughs> beating the shit come on <laughs> jesus christ jason i'm so glad you saw him here right now. Roughing up. he's got brass knuckles roughing <laughs> up his fucking johnson <laughs> what's wrong with you this is our moment <laughs> Well, Mercutio said, glad to see I haven't missed the dish. <laughs> <of> the <laughs> someone, said, someone said to me, uh, someone asked me, they said, uh, what do you do for a living? And I said, I have a show on YouTube. So what do you talk about? I said, I make dick jokes for a living. And I just walked away. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's dick and large areola. And large areola jokes. <laughs> I'm like, uh, and they go, really? And I go, no, that's <laughs> not what I do. No, it's, what it's I, a lot of what I do. It's what I do on available Wednesdays with my boy Mac. <laughs> we, you know, about, you, about, look, about football. I want to, how do we get to the point that we're so big that other people like take clips of us and play it on the show like Jason and Mac once again dropped a dime about sports and then people think that we're just always just so intuitive and then they actually watch the show they're like I had to watch like an hour and a half of dick jokes and I mean for me for me this is what's great about the show right we we do sports and then occasionally we go into dick and large areola jokes are we getting into these like deep, meaningful conversations mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. leftism, mm-hmm. right? And ha- what I love most about doing this is everybody's like, like you'll see chat pop up like, bro, I thought this was a sports show. <laughs> and you you're fucking never talk about. And you're talking about the thing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or or. I know you're. Oh, Dan Arcus, you calm the fuck down. You calm the fuck down, you. You calm the fuck down. Doctor Claw is a saint and a treasure. And, and Jason and I have already made up our character about our whole. We've a whole Doctor Claw uh, fan fiction. Oh, dude, we we did, we did. But like, that, whoa, whoa, whoa. But that's the thing with with this fucking show is like we we cross into so many things about just we're being inane about the most ridiculous things or we have these deep, meaningful, like three hour 
shows where we like the first hour we talk about sports and then we go into like actual leftism and yeah and and, and collectivism and jason i just want you to know i just finished if we're if, if we burn just finished it today holy fuck and and amazing, amazing right book okay. <sighs> just so you guys know again and i'm not saying this to feel don't don't feel shit for me don't ever feel shit for me i woke up this morning right and i had to do a pre-record that's going to air tuesday okay with the editor of compact magazine i'm sure people are like compact magazine <laughs> he wrote a pretty good piece called uh, uh jeff schallenberger wrote a good piece called poverty of anti-wokeness and okay before anybody decides to go <laughs> when you're writing and trying to get shit published i wrote for the warhorse which is a military very specific uh website mm. about my serving under a war criminal mm. one of the best articles i've ever written don't shit on anybody trying to write and trying to get it published because i will like literally <laughs> it's 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 hard look it not everybody wants your i you, sometimes your shit doesn't fit with what they what they want okay. so, anyway this guy wrote a piece and i had to read yeah. some other background information you know into it and and uh i think we have a pretty interesting conversation i don't know i thought it was pretty good and then I was like, okay, I got to get ready for the sports show today. And so there were some actually some really good articles that came out about some stuff. Then I was having a conversation with some people I, I won't name. I'll, I'll write it to you in the chat. We were having this conversation about kind of the neoliberalization of sports punditry. Yes. And yes. and how that is actually affecting the game and how people watch it and how we actually are. It's affecting the way um, we even look at the value of players and their development. But anyway. So there's there's work that goes into this. Also, that being said, this is like the one day of the week that I know I can fuck off on the free show. And I don't always like trying to hide stuff behind spaces because not everybody likes to see us fuck off, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, dude, Jason, that goes back to what we were talking about. Like so many leftists like, are you having fun? <laughs> you better not be having fun and i'm like when when like i i work in some groups and i, I do a reading group and i crack jokes when i'm like reading the manifesto mm -hmm. or you know I, I we're currently going over how nonviolence protects the state Ooh, right okay. heavy book mm -hmm. and i cracked a few jokes in this reading group i'm in it's only like eight of us and like three of these young kids and they're they're only like i think the the they're like 18 19 and 19. they're like are you you're making a joke and i'm like why the fuck would i not i was like do you realize how heavy this shit is and again i just finished if we burn Oof. and bevins picked up an important point in that book and everybody in chat read that book if we burn by vincent bevins talks about the the mass protests we have we've had since like 2013 yeah. but no revolution and he talks about why we didn't right mm -hmm. and it's because a lot of it we we lean so into this this leftist purity you can't make jokes you can't have fun you can't enjoy yourself for fucking 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. I am 42 years old. Jason, you're 46. 
we have fucking lived long enough. Yes, Joey Nichols, that is yep. the Chicago Method offer. Yep. Fucking. Oh, yes. But if you as a leftist cannot take a timeout to just go enjoy yourself, because we, we leftists actually give a shit about what's happening on the fucking planet. We care. Yeah. We care about what's happening in our communities. We have that's a that's a heavy load to carry. Take an hour. Take two. Take three. I don't give a shit. Go to the bar and get fucked up. Jason <laughs> has dealt with me texting him at two thirty in the morning when I'm smacked. Yes. He has. Yes. And you know you know what this motherfucker does, Mac? I love everything you're saying, but I want to go to bed. We'll talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> and he's still like, and and me having my friend there. Like, Mac, I love you, dude. I'm listening. We're going to talk about it later. Right? Take that time out and do that. It's okay. Yes. You, it is fine to make jokes and have fun. You don't have to fucking, like, take it from a dude who spent 16 years in a goddamn organization. Where I had to square my politics and how I felt with taking care of kids that were being sent off to war. It was rough, dude. I fucking hate it. And, and if anybody wants to give me shit about being in a uniform, I freely admit that I will. I will take that, uh, you know, that 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 criticism. I will. But the fact of the matter is, you know, we do what we have to do to survive. And you're allowed to take a time out. Just take the time out yeah. and go go do something for a few hours. Watch anime, play video games, fucking watch horrible fucking ninja movies from the eighties, <laughs> right? Like do that, but take the time out so you don't end up one of those purest leftists that think, oh, you had a laugh. You're not, you're not Marxist, Leninist, you're not anarchist, you're not, you're not any of this enough, you know, like, bro, when people come at me with that, I'm like, hun, whether it's male, female or whatever. Yeah, they're all hun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all hun. Yeah. I've been rocking a hammer and sickle and reading the manifesto since I was 17 fucking years old and I'm 42. You can suck my dick from the back. Oh, wow. But like trying to make me feel bad for taking a time out. And, and enjoying myself with the people that I love, you're not going to make me feel bad about that. Look, I think we're winning the war of ideas here because uh, DC Joe Black says he's watching The Octagon right now, which is the first American movie, I believe, that uses ninjas. So shout out to DC Joe Black. It's a Chuck Norris film. There's a white man with the mustache. We got him. And apparently that's 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 the metric we use now, guys. Yes. If you're gonna watch a great action film, white man with a with a mustache, um, apparently a mask at some point, you know, ninja yes. mask. Um, we have to have a ball crushing tool, right? I'm gonna fucking look before we look. We have to before we go before you get the fourth sheet into the wind. <laughs> we have. <laughs> this that's the thing. Like I'm drinking uh, adult seltzer. Because again, pay me and I will call you out on the street. Um, but like this shit, dude. This this is what I love, Jason. Like I, you know, I spent 16 years in the infantry. 
I can drink enough to stay the rhino. And if it was an Olympic sport, I'd play silver. But seltzers, all it does is make me want to laugh more, you know? Like, I'm not one of those, like, sloppy drunks uh, if I don't drink liquor. If I drink liquor, actually, some of you might have seen that because I've done that on the stream. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's illegal, right? Well, I mean, dude, Marcus was here, and all three of us were like, we spent the last 30 minutes just like, fucking oh, lit. dude, we were done, man. It was so bad. And after that, I was like, I'm not drinking liquor with Jason anymore until I get to Mexico, and then I'm going to just drink my body weight. Oh, yeah, it's it's really cheap out here. Well, I just, I love tequila. Tequila is delicious to me. So, but yeah, man, like, and that, that I'm just saying, everybody, have a good time. Have fun. It's okay. It is okay. Um, I want to show you something. Oh my gosh, is it is it another like crazy white woman? Uh, it's better. <sighs> I, I want. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna. I'm gonna save it to the end of the show because before we go, I do want to talk a little bit about playoffs. 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 Somebody already in chat playoffs. said playoffs and cats. <laughs> <laughs> I I first of all, can we give a huge TRR shout out to CJ Stroud? Okay. Real, real talk, CJ Stroud. How about is, how about real talk? This I'm tired of Ohio State fans saying he doesn't have the dog in him. One, I don't know what that fucking means. That dog. That just seems like some angry white folks said that that live in like Columbus and the intermediate space between Cleveland and Columbus. That guy was the most pro ready quarterback to get drafted. And what did he fucking do? Take a team to the playoffs. That won two games last year. With who's the superstar receiver? Who's the superstar? I mean, they drafted some good ones, but but like for real. Like, God damn, I love CJ. I love CJ. I'm not going to give him shit about losing to Michigan. I won't do that. Because, you know what, I'm not a piece of shit Ohio State fan. <laughs> <laughs> him crying at the end of that game, make it into the playoffs, touched my soul. Bro, it's just like when people are bitching about Caleb Williams when he cried losing that game. Oh, I'm like, yo, he's emotional because he lost or won. Like, who gives a fuck, dude? When you do, when you are passionate about something, and it mm-hmm. works out or does not in your favor, and you cry, who gives a fuck? If you're not getting emotional doing something like that, how serious mm-hmm. are you? So, so the Texans, I don't know if they're going to go far. No, the they're not. They're not beating the Browns. They're, they're, they're not. Game. I think they're one. They're not beating the Browns. Um, Is but, but about the Browns, and you are a Cleveland fan, and no, every time I'm a the Pats Browns fan, fan, but I. I, I know, but you're, you, look, you're a pen, I get it, and you're an old school, we talked about Scott Zolak years, the pre-fucking Bledsoe years, Pats fan, I, I know, you know, Tony Eason. My number but, 11 will always be Drew Bledsoe. My first out-of-town show that I ever did in 1995 in San Diego, California, I am wearing a Drew Bledsoe 11 Pats jersey. As you should, because that... Okay, first off, the past. I mean, if anybody doesn't I have a know, picture of it somewhere, I should show you. If anybody doesn't know, 
in 92, right before they drafted Bledsoe in 93, Robert Kraft buys the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and keep in mind, Robert Kraft grew up in Massachusetts. Huge Pats fan. Makes a bajillion million dollars. Buys his hometown team. Mm-hmm. And suddenly he's like, I don't like the Minuteman on the helmet. Do you know what just went out of business in 1993? The Columbus glory of the World League of American football. And you know what they did to pay off their creditors? Mm. Sold off their jerseys and their helmets and all that. Mm -hmm. And Robert Kraft had no more money left, really, to do anything. So he bought those jerseys and those helmets. Really? And then paid somebody to do that the Elvis logo. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. Side yes. note, love the Minuteman. The Colum oh dude, I still love <laughs> I fucking love I fucking, old school Patriots oh jerseys. Oh. Yes. But they literally bought the Columbus Glory jerseys, helmets, jerseys, pants. And just stripped the logo off the helmet. And he mm-hmm. paid somebody cents on the dollar to do that fucking... I did not know that. Yep. I did not know that. That being said, Joe Flacco is on one of the most heartwarming runs Bro, we've if seen he, since... I, I don't give a shit if he's only played five games. Comeback player of the year. Period. End of story. Hmm. Over Russ, over Justin Fields. Okay, one Fields isn't getting comeback. Absolutely not. And Russ, no fucking way. Wow. No fucking way. He, they 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 didn't miss any time. They didn't. Um, you know, they just had down years. That's not comeback. Comeback is when you like miss time, and you come back and dominate. Joe Flacco has literally led the league in passing since he came back. With the Browns, yardage and touchdowns. He's thrown quite a few interceptions, but the Browns defense is good enough to to kind of get away with that. You know the, what I mean? The Browns running game after losing their superstar all-world running back, Nick oh, Chubb. Yeah. Um, losing your quarterbacks. Um, it, a, a, an amazing job of coaching that we see in Cleveland. The Browns have started five starting quarterbacks this year in 17 games five five absolutely batshit crazy and they won 11 games can the browns can the browns beat the dolphins or the or the oh dude i'm gonna tell you right now the dolphins can't play defense anymore like the 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 only bigger leaving chubb was that the biggest mistake leaving chubb in that blowout and no, seeing the ACL no. Get tore. even no. even even past that, that defense wasn't any good. The the fact of the matter is the only bigger drop off than the Dolphins defensively is the Eagles. Period. Ooh. Ooh. Like the Eagles just forgot how to play defense and they stripped play calling from their coordinator and gave it to Matt Patricia. Good move. Yeah, it's worked out pretty well. you know know, but like the dolphins haven't figured out how 
like the Dol- the Dolphins beat teams they should and mm-hmm. lose to the creme de la creme, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a reason that the fucking Bills fucking took him as close as they did. You know what I mean? Like, and this is a Bills team where I don't know what happened to Josh Allen this season. Josh Allen, I, I think he fell back a bit. And I, I, I think a lot of that was him trying to, like, he's, he's trying to produce too much. Yeah, that's fair. You know? And, and their their offensive line isn't as good as it's been. Um, and they, they're not running the ball as well. No. You know? So, like, Josh Allen is trying to get the ball out. Um, and I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, if the Bills don't go deep into, like, like in their second or third round picks, if they don't pick a wide out, somebody they can develop and, and have next to Diggs and Gabe Davis, like, they're going to be fucked. Because I don't know about uh, a Knox, that, that tight end they drafted last year. Mm-hmm. he's been he, he has like a couple games where he's like fucking yeah Knox and then he has he does two of those and has three where he doesn't show up at all mm-hmm. you know so like with the way the game is now you have to have a pass catching tight end you know and Knox does block well he's a Utah tight end Utah tight ends typically block well because yeah. they are Great very run heavy yeah. offense you know but like this is a guy that you know set the world on fire in college as a tight end catching the ball fucking uh uh joey who then who's the who's the kid they draft from utah i apologize he says kincaid kincaid thank you joey i appreciate you man thank you um but you know like you you have to have that guy in buffalo i, I like i said i think uh josh allen is just forcing balls where he shouldn't um, you have a guy like uh, Stefan Diggs, who is a game-changing quarterback, and he's not getting the ball to him. And they're um, honestly, in, in Diggs' defense, you know, he's double covered every yeah. time he he gets off the line. It feels like every catch he's making is an is an amazing catch. Yeah, yeah, beating cover. You know, um, but still, like you know, Buffalo. There's a reason they 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 won the East because Miami just they don't know how. Honestly, they don't know how to beat the teams that like the upper echelon teams. They don't. But but is this the parody that we've always talked about? Again, you and I grew up in an era of football where you want to talk about old school coaches and new school mentalities. We grew up in an era where Bill Walsh was kind of a man alone with the West Coast offense for a long time. Well, it's because you know what? The NFL could not figure out the West Coast offense until the late 90s. They couldn't, they, they couldn't do it. So in what, 84, um, you know, Walsh takes over or was it eight? No, Walsh took over in 78. Okay. 76. Well, but it wasn't really entrenched until the early eighties. Right. Yeah. That's when you saw the Niners just start rolling off Super Bowl. Money. Well, he gets, starts to get the players that he wants. He gets, yeah. Montana, right. he gets you know, Freddie Solomon, yeah, Roger and, Craig and, and, Clark, and, and yeah, White yeah. Clark. Yeah. So, he gets the people he wants and that run in the eighties, but nobody figured out the West coast offense until probably about the mid nineties. And honestly that happens because linebackers are faster. Safeties are faster. Yeah. So go ahead and throw it over the middle. Go ahead. You're going to have That's a different game too. You could get hit. Yeah. You get hit over the middle back then. Yeah. You know, but like defensive players got a lot faster. So, like, when you see, like, Gruden, when he comes back to the Raiders running the same mm. old West Coast system, and it did nothing because the West Coast offense 
cannot be fully employed anymore. You can't do it. That's not the way the game is. Pro right? sets and shit like that. Yeah. Like, old school pro sets. You know, it's just like. We're bringing back the fullback in the. Yeah. Like, Grim's like, well, that, that, that's the thing. That's what killed me about the Niners when, when John Lynch takes over and signs Jacisic to, like, a four-year deal for $10 million. He's a fullback. Yeah. What? I mean, granted, Shanahan knows how to flex that guy in and out. Like, you see him line up in the backfield. You see him line up as an extra tight end. You see him actually line up in a slot. You know? Like, Jacisic isn't, like, the, the Lorenzo Neal fullback. in this no. giant. You know, like 5'10", 260 pound, like just extra guard, extra yeah. guard in the backfield, yeah, yeah. You know, so you know, but like I, I just never understood why Gruden would bring that that offense back when you've been out of coaching for what, like ten years, and Vegas brings him back and he's like running the same shit, and I'm like, you're you're not really oh he's really doing this he's oh oh yeah this is not good and then davis gave him that giant deal i mean if i'm mark davis you know what i'm doing i'm like i'm glad him and bruce allen got racist on the emails so I <laughs> you know like yeah i mean mcdaniels wasn't the hire he was not the hire that you needed like josh mcdaniels has shown he cannot be a head coach he can be an amazing coordinator. And we've talked about this before. It's okay to be an amazing coordinator. Jim Knowles at Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. Amazing defensive coordinator. He coached one of the top defenses on the planet at Oklahoma State in the Big 12 who does not play defense. At all. At all. And so this is his second year at Ohio State. And everybody's like, well, we didn't do well enough last year. I'm like, dude, do you, re- do you not realize how complex Jim Knowles' playbook is? And it is. It's stupid complex. You need two years to figure it out. But, I, that, again, development. Can we can we see if the system works? Everything has to work right away. Well, that's the I, thing with, with Knowles. Like, for him, he only hmm. plays four down linemen, two linebackers, and he's got, like, like a flex back mm-hmm. that's kind of like a mix between a linebacker mm-hmm. and a safety, mm-hmm. which you need in the college game. Now you need a guy that can like flex in the coverage or fit the box, make the big hits against mm-hmm. the run. And dude, I think going into year three at Ohio state, like our defense was a phenomenal this year. It really was. They can piss and moan about the mission game and the cotton bowl. Defense wasn't the problem. It was the offense that was a fucking problem, right? Like, people are like, well, McCord transferred. Well, yeah, he was such a bitch ass. He went to Syracuse and showed up on their fucking sideline when they lost, like, by 45 points. So, fuck Kyle McCord. He can <laughs> he can gargle my nutsack, Kyle McCord. Wow, wow. We are on the free show. And uh, the free- when he meant nutsack... He meant salted nuts brought to you by planners. That's right. That's right. Um, or or emerald. I, I do like almonds. <laughs> salted almonds. Brought Joey, to you. Joey, here, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you this right now. Um, before this season, 
I'm the guy because I write about the question is, do you believe in Ryan Day? You have to read the question, Mac. I know. That's what I'm t- that's what I'm addressing right now. But you have to read what you're addressing. Okay, Joey, do I believe in Ryan Day? <laughs> God damn. I is is Poussaint here? Jason is Poussaint here. <laughs> Those nuts once again brought to you by Planners. Use Emerald. Use code T I R. These nuts. But no, Joey. The, the thing is, before this season, because I write about sports, I'm always very, um, I'm I'm not a knee jerk reaction type of guy, right? I I'm not that dude. I gave Kyle McCord a lot of leeway this year. He made great throws. He really did. He he won the games he was supposed to. But for me, when you have the arguably the best wide receiver room in the country, and the only other room in the country mm-hmm. that can argue mm-hmm. Ohio State is Washington, hands down. When I saw Ryan Day, instead of coaching to win during the Michigan game, he coached not to lose, mm-hmm. which is exactly what he did. At this point, I was like, next th- going into this coming season, he's coaching for his job. And I understand he's only lost six games in his entire career. I'm well aware. But the fact of the matter is the guy has lost three straight against Michigan. And nobody's lost that many against Michigan since fucking John Cooper. And John Cooper was two nine and one against Michigan. Then he wins some um, tidy, t- uh, natties. Cooper no. never won natty? John Cooper never won one. Uh, you got to remember John Cooper's job before he got Ohio State, Arizona State. That's right. Did he win a natty at Arizona? No. They were in the Mountain West, right? Whatever it was called back then. Um, I don't no. think they were in the Pac-10 yet. He coached their transition from the WAC. The WAC. That's what it yeah. was. Yeah. And Cooper again, everybody, ended, I just Cooper want you to uh, Tampa. What's up? Wasn't Cooper the one that ended up going to Tampa? No, no. Cooper, after he got axed by Ohio State, never coached again. Yeah, he went to Tampa, right? Who's no. the Ohio State coach that went to Tampa? No, no. Dirk Cutter went from Arizona State to Tampa. No, dude. John Cooper went to Tampa the first year. He did the two, the first two seasons with Tampa. Oh, like when they expanded? When they expanded, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure that's correct. Yes, but like after his Ohio, after his time at Ohio State, he never coached again. In college, ever he did not coach again after Ohio State. I swear he went to who was the coach? Can someone look this up? Did John Cooper coach at Tampa Bay after? Oh. Io State. Okay, here we go. Um, why why does it say ice hockey? <laughs> okay, so John Cooper, um, assistant at Iowa State, Oregon State, UCLA, Kansas, and Kentucky. Then he became a head coach and was at University of Tulsa from '77 to '84, Arizona State '85 to '87, Ohio State '88 to 2000. And there is not a there's not a more aligned, maligned head coach, dude. Jason, here's his record. One. Who was the coach? Who was the coach at Ohio State in the seventies? Oh fuck me. Uh, That's no. 
that was that was a uh, fucking uh who was that coach ohio state here we go <laughs> all right so in the 70s we had woody hayes woody hayes woody hayes so I'm sorry, it wasn't John. It was Hayes. Thank you, was, slightly feathers. It was was 50, 58 to 78. Earl Bruce was 79 to 87. Cooper took over from Bruce until 2000. We had Trestle from 01 to 2010. Fickle had the interim year in 2011. Yeah. M- Meyer from 2012 to 2018. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking hella far back. It was Woody Hayes. That's who it was. I get yeah. sorry. All white people look alike. All old white people are all the same. Those racist jokes were brought to you by Emerald Nuts. And White Claw. So Use, use code TIR, these nuts. And then get 10% off your Emerald get Nuts. Get 10% order. off your Jesus fucking Christ. nut order. God, why can't That's they just give said. us that? Because we can totally do this. I'm not fa- We're not famous enough. So I looked into that. And I looked into two things. I was because a friend of mine, Dan Larson, great show. If you guys like pop culture and you're old people, please watch Dan Larson's Secret Galaxy. Dan sneaks in so much real history in those shows for his fan base. I love Dan. Dan has crazy sponsorships, right? That's how he's paying his rent. And I was like, okay, what do I got to do to get on the Magic Spoon? And I saw how many fucking downloads you have to have a month. And we were almost there with the audio podcast. And then I looked to see how much Magic Spoon cost. Dude, you know what? Do you know how much that cereal cost? No. Do you know how much that cereal cost? It's like 20 bucks for cereal. It's like healthy cereal. I'm 42 years old. I don't eat cereal anymore. You want to? Oh, go fuck yourself! I just bought a bag of generic fucking Fruit Loops, <laughs> not in English. I'm I'm probably eating nothing but toxins. Well, dude, what kills me is like one of my favorite podcasts is Trash Future, right? And mm-hmm. it's, it's based out of the UK. And you know, on Patreon, you can see what these 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 you know whoever's putting their Patreon up. Yeah, dude, they make seventy-two thousand dollars a month. A month, and they split it between four people. Oh, I and I'm like, where did I go wrong in my life? <laughs> Mike McDaniel's is 38 years old and is the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, making eight million dollars a year. I'm jealous of a podcast where I was like, bro, can I? Can, can you split it five ways? <laughs> <laughs> they have producers and all kind of shit. Yeah, yeah you know, it's I mean, dude, it's, like... it's it, no. You look, I a few a few friends in this business I know have made some real money. Not as many as people think. But you but know what, everybody? I'm not here to make money. I'm here to hang out with Jason, talk some sports, make some big areola jokes. <laughs> And those lies were brought to you by Emerald Nuts. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here for I'm here for the people that want to fucking hang out and watch me uh talk about sports while you're 
while I'm we should, call, we should call this we should move, change the name to Beyond the Red Zone to you know shit face shit face shit talk. No, I wish I could get shit face like that, man. Like I think, <laughs> I, I, think I think the 16 years I spent in the military has really inhibited my ability to get shit faced because like if you spent four years in the military, doesn't matter what branch, mm-hmm. your ability to get fucked up is just non-existent anymore because that four years Mm -hmm. can can i almost blackout can i ask you a sidebar question absolutely you i'm I'm a little older than you do you remember a cartoon when you were a little boy called robotech oh yeah did er, early on when i was doing this show many moons ago when i was still doing it in studio i had an interview with a with a friend of mine who's a who's a musician and he brought up Robotech and he goes, Jason, do you remember Robotech? I was like, yeah. He goes, didn't it ruin every relationship you would ever have in your life? <laughs> yes. I'm still yes. looking for my Lin Min May. Yeah. I mean, I watched. Because Dan Larson just did a rope. They're talking about it in the chat because Dan Larson did a Robotech episode where he went over. The history of of all this licensing bullshit. Yeah. But do you do you do you remember that show? Yes, I do. And it, you know what? One really ruined me. Um, there was a cartoon late '90s that actually dealt with colonization a lot, where like <laughs> where Terrans went to other planets in our solar system, like they went to Mercury and Venus, and they had these aliens, and they like fought this big war. And it was like exo something. Oh um, yeah, that that was that was also part of that same licensing universe. Yeah. Um. And there was this. Yes, blue, yes, 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 yes. Blue skin chick that walked around this giant exoskeleton, mm-hmm. but had giant. <laughs> like the illustrator was like, "Well, there's this big frame right here where she's got to get locked in. I'm gonna fill it." With Shannon tweets. <laughs> with Shannon tweets. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah. yeah, dude, I'm gonna get so many fus. Yes, JD, Exo Squad, Exo Squad, Exo Squad. Exactly yeah, is. dude. Yes. Do you? We have to look. There's a few things I would really love to do, and I would really, really, really love to do. I hit up JG and I was like, dude, let's do a show about shitty ninja movies. He goes, yes. I would love to do another show about first wave. I don't know if it's like we call it first wave because we did get a lot of stuff from the 60s and 70s in America. But Robotech, I think, is the first American Japanese uh, <coughs> gold. And I fucking love that shit. I know there's people watching right now that are like, dude, I fucking love that shit. Dude, so we yeah. have to do at some point we have to do a Robotech thing. Um, just dude. remind me. See, yes. Sith Lord Prince. I remember Robotech. My brothers had the VHS game. I love that game. I begged my grandmother to sign me up to the Robotech fan club where I got an iron-on patch and a fucking letter that said I was part of the SDF fucking oh, protection man. squad. And I carried it in my little kid wallet. You know how you give a little kid a wallet and he thinks he's an adult? It's Velcro. It's Velcro. Yeah. Oh, Velcro wallet, Robotech. Yeah, you need CID? <laughs> Yeah. There's no picture. You know what else we need to do? We need to do like maybe a champagne room 
Yeah. Or we watch a like a shitty military movie. Mm. And we get like maybe we can talk Marcus into coming on too, but we just I, like I think he would do that. But we just tear it apart. You know what we really need to do? Do that in real life. <laughs> like let's go. I'm being serious and I'm brainstorming here on air with you guys because I feel like the people that are watching can make this happen. Let's do a live thing and we can do like the fellas watch a movie with dudes. Like we go to a bar. Oh yes. And just like project it. I would go to Fayetteville because I haven't been out there in years. I think the last time I was out there was like 2015. Oh my gosh, dude. You're uh, sorely let down about how. (laughs) (laughs) Glowing metropolis now. Golly. Woo! <laughs> There's a lot less pawn shops, I tell you what. Um, <laughs> that was only the case. <laughs> Let's. I'm being so serious right now. Be, Let's do a Jason and Mac live movie night oh. in Fayetteville. Dude, I have my dive bar would totally be down with that totally be down with that because they're just like trying to find like people to come in because you know it's a dive bar yeah but like they have a whole wall we could actually put it on right and jesus christ we just picked the most horrible horrible military film like we can do thin uh the 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 new thin red line right like with james caviezel jesus and nick cage and oh that movie was so bad too Oh, it'd be amazing. Dude, <laughs> dude, let's, like I'm being serious, let's do a live show where we dude, watch a if movie, we're doing... we watch a movie. Like, I'm serious. Let's, we, we, we go, we watch movies, and then. I am down, but you know who I want there? Who? Toussaint. <laughs> The only thing about getting <laughs> Toussaint, this is the thing. Toussaint loves her anonymity. I'm okay. She doesn't have to get in front of the camera. I just want to hear her <laughs> behind us like, you both shut the fuck up. <laughs> just shut up. That's what she did at the New York live show. She, she like <laughs> getting off, off to the side. She would cut, dude, she would totally, if we could get her, we have to help her get down there, right? It's, it, she's not a rich woman. Um, I just need her in my ear chirping, Jason. That's what I need. That would be. We got to figure out. Okay, look, (laughs) let's figure out how we make that happen. Let's figure out how to make that happen, like seriously, and do like a that would be hella fun. Fuck yes, dude. To do that, and then, you know, we'll do we'll do it for free. We won't try to charge any tickets or anything. We'll try to figure out how we do it for free. Maybe ask the bar for a cut of the bar or some shit like that. Dude, we can we can do this because I think we have a good enough following and and I thank Marcus for this because he's the loudest lefty vet I've ever met and I love him for it. Yeah. Um but there are so many people that stream left flank and a lot of them are on Fayetteville because like Fayetteville is just like you get so many people that come in, they're just like, I fucking hate hate the army why did i do this you know like and especially give me, give me one second because i keep hearing a noise it's kind of scaring me <laughs> everybody jason 
is terrified about what he's hearing in Rosarito, Mexico. Um, it's probably a spider, if we're thinking about it. It's probably a spider on his deck, and he can just hear the all over. And yes, Joey, they did. They remade it. John Cusack was a fucking lieutenant. It was an awful film. Awful film. Um, but I am willing to watch any amount of bad military films, whether it's fucking, you know, American Sniper, 13 Hours, Black Hawk Down. They're all bad. They are all straight up propaganda. And I'll watch it if Jason and I can sit there and just rip it apart. And you could all witness the majesticness of of the shit show that are these these stupid military movies um but yeah you know it is what it is but yeah like guys i one uh jason told me a lot of you appreciated the the episode i did with dr walton who's a great friend of mine i love that uh dr walton uh if you don't follow him he's a a uh, professor at Western Carolina. I, I left my screen on because I, 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 so when you have concrete houses out here, you can get, you can get mold really quick. So I leave the, my sliding door to the terrace cracked and it, it got windy kind of all of a sudden. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And I thought I heard someone come through the sliding door. So I was like, Okay, JD, The Beast was an amazing movie. It was amazingly bad, but it was amazing. I, I watched it like a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> the mosquito enforcers after. <laughs> Scorpion's a great movie. This we could watch. Dude, we could totally. <coughs> dude, we could. Jason, we have to brainstorm this, but I it's do. God, terrifying, I, right now, dude. I do have a sleep study. I'm supposed to be doing. So I have to go. <laughs> okay, before you go, your your playoff picks. Okay. Um. Again, my biggest wish is a Cleveland Detroit Super Bowl. I just don't think anybody beats San Fran in Baltimore. I think they they meet in the Super Bowl. Like those are the two best teams. And. I mean, we saw Baltimore lay it on San Fran a couple weeks ago. They beat the fire out of there. But, but Shanahan, with a fully healthy complement of all the playmakers, I think it's going to be a lot closer. And don't ask me to make a pick now. I have to watch more of the playoff games before I do that. All right, that's fair. Okay, um, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Sorry I had to leave because I had to check to see if – the cartel finally found out and they sent the mosquitoes they sent them i like Ooh. wave to the cartel house all the time and they're the <laughs> only people that don't wave <laughs> yeah they just send them mosqu- <laughs> next thing i know guys you're gonna see me a lot more on tir because jason's laid up with a cartel version of malaria <laughs> they show me. i'm always like hey and they're like god you guys have to be so fucking hard all the time <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> that <laughs> insult was brought to you by Emerald Almonds. Emerald Almonds. And He's White code. Claw. The black cherry ones, not the mango, because the mango's gross. If we got a White Claw sponsorship. Oh, my God, dude. That's how you know you're famous. 
That's how um, we know. That's how we know we made it. And then that's when everybody stops watching Jason. They're like, y'all. Oh, sold. people stopped watching. Y'all, Dude, y'all sold out. Shit. Y'all sold out. Got that white claw. Somebody, somebody told me something about selling out because I was a guest on some show. I'm like, do you know that shit's oh free? God. I don't get money for that. What are you high? I was like, if you think so, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. It's the most eighties. 80s thing I've ever seen. Your movie doesn't have this at the beginning. I don't even want to watch it. Joseph Lai made all those insane ninja movies where ninjas have like fucking red and yellow outfits and they wear a headband that says ninja on it. Oh, just the the, the the track itself right there is, is Dude, you see Richard Harrison? Oh, shit. <laughs> Look at that ninja fit, dude. Master. Mustache. For the past decade, we have had a long walk. His headband says ninja on it, and there's a picture of two ninjas fighting. Absolutely fucking bad shit. Absolutely bad shit. If you aren't watching this type of cinema, <sighs> this virtual says we might see a home invasion. <laughs> we might see a home invasion. Dude, I was so terrified. <laughs> Mac, I can laugh now. Because I was like, oh, dude, I'm either going to die or have a bowel movement on camera. Either way, it's not good. <laughs> Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Um, Love all of you. We are out. out.